Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. What's up? Monday, where else would you want to be? Right here, Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network, Rob Ellis, Derek Gunn. What up, Gunner? How we doing? How was your weekend? Man, weekend was fast and furious, but uh, it was it was um, very productive. A little of this, a little of that, nothing special. Just got a lot of little things done. Um, what about you, my man? I'm in that time of year where it's like graduation party hopping from one to the other, one to the other, one to the other. Yeah. So it was good though. It was good. It's good seeing everybody. I saw a bunch of people I hadn't seen in a long time. So that was cool. Uh, No, it was good, man. I I was, uh, we had great weather. Um, We're going to get a little rain today. So that's a good thing. We need it. We do need it badly. What's up, Fitness Rebel? What's up, Brett? What's up, Gigi? What's up, Gorby? What's up, Mood Swing Bella? Maggie? What's up, JM? What's up, Robert? What's up, Jim G, Eagles fan? Philly Fly, William Tyler. See everybody. Um, yeah, all good um, on this front. Did you see, I mean, just the craziness of what happened with I-95 yesterday? In yes. the Northeast? Uh, um, initially, oh. I kept seeing reports and I'm thinking, is it a, was it a stretch between where I live and the um, Wells Fargo Center? And then I heard it was north of Philly. If you remember, this was like maybe 15 years ago. It was um, a stretch of I-95 that was near the airport. I I believe it was before you got to the airport. And uh, a tanker flipped over full of some kind of flammable gas. It was so hot, it caused the steel beams and the underpass to buckle. And it was shut down. They shut down that stretch of 95 for like eight, eight months, nine months. And so those of us who, you know, drive all the way to Delaware or either lower, you know, Southeast PA, you have to get off of 95 at a certain point and then loop around out of the way and then come back around. Now, the way I would go, unfortunately, was the way a lot of people started going, which was to take 291, which runs by a Hera Casino and the uh, is a prison there. And it runs by the Union Stadium. And then it turns into 13. It goes into Delaware. Oh, yeah, we're way past. It's way down the other way. Yeah. yeah. So it's, it's that, past. It's, if you're going, if you're going um, north of Philly, if you're going north uh, on 95, you're going to pass, um, you know, the stadium complex area. Yep. As you approach, you get to the northeast, basically, when you get yep. in that area. Cotman Ave is where it happened. So a tanker hit the, the, the underpass. Uh, on the north side, which affected the south side as well. And for a long period of time, both sides were shut down. And not, look, they're going to be shut down for a very long period of time. You're talking months. It was amazingly, nobody got hurt. I'm, I'm shocked the driver didn't get hurt. You know, a section actually collapsed and fell. Oh, yeah. So the whole structure's compromised. Yes. So you got you to gotta make sure because they said it was thousands and thousands of gallons of 87 octane petrol. And, you know, when you saw the video, I mean, people going stop, south were slowing down, taking video of the flames and stuff. Uh-huh. I'm like, I'd have been past there so fast because you just never know. I know. You know, and, and and when I saw the section that just dropped, 
I'm like, man, please, I hope there's not a car under there or something like that. And thank goodness it wasn't, man. Jeez. I know. It's amazing. It really is. It's amazing when you, when you think about it. But there's going to be a lot of people inconvenienced for a long period of time. Uh, the big thing is nobody's hurt. But it, it was scary. It looked like something, some kind of like CGI. It looks, looked like something yes. out of a movie. Yes. Uh, it really did. And I hope, you know, everybody who, who lives in that area who has to commute maybe uh, is a, who was affected by that. I feel for you, you know, and give yourself a little bit more time every day. It's easy to say, you know, it's a pain in the butt, but you have to. Um, So hang in there, folks, because it ain't easy, man. Hey, going back to what you were talking about a few moments ago, you're in a full regalia of the uh, graduation parties. So for years, my wife and I have been working with children's programs through our church and stuff like that. From 97, uh, from 1998 to 2010, we were at one church and then we we started moving around and helping out other churches. And not only did we do children's programs, then all of a sudden we started doing youth, which is teenagers as well. So for, I'd say, the last 10, 12 years, all these kids have grown up. And so every summer we have three, four, five cards and, and checks we write to certain kids and congratulate. I say, hey, we can't claim all this money on our taxes. Are you kidding? So every summer it's like, how many do we have this June? How, how, how many? I know it's been going on forever, you know. Mm-hmm. So, but you know, it's it's fun to see these kids grow up, pursue college, and, and a lot of them now uh, they're, they're like uh, state troopers, um, they're you know attorneys, doctors, uh, executives for corporations, accountants, stuff like that. So it's nice to see a lot of them. There have been a few, you know, through the years that have turned for the worse, unfortunately. Um, and, and a few have ended up in jail. But for the most part, it's nice to see a lot of these kids grow up and, and, and make and become very productive uh, in society for themselves. Yeah. It, it, it's like my, Trish and I and our friends always joke that, hey, you know, the guns have like 50 kids. They don't have three kids. They have like 50 kids. And it's true. I see. That's still, beautiful. They'll still text us periodically on birthdays and holidays. And they'll stop by see us occasionally. Some of them will, you know, some have moved out of state, obviously. But mm-hmm. it's, it's good to see them grow up now and starting their own families as well. No question about yeah. it. No doubt. Um, so uh, big day today. We have Chris Franklin from NJ.com at 1230. He yep. was uh, not only was he at the OTAs last week, Derek, he was at the Devontae Smith charity softball game. I'll tell you, I give Chris props. He covered that bad boy like it was a game, man. We he Full updates. I mean, it was yeah. it was unbelievable. Like, who was doing what? Who, who you know, home runs, the whole thing, man. So, we're gonna guess, get an update. Yeah. guess who else was at the uh, charity softball game? Who else? Our own Fitness Rebel was there. Fitness Rebel was there. Fitness Rebel was there. Yeah. Wow. Okay. How do you know that? You got you got to get your own scouting report on Fitness Rebel. All right. Yeah, I wonder if she's getting autographs. I wonder if she went the, went the autograph route. Fitness Rebel, give us a little details. Give us some deets, as they say. Yeah. So we'll we're gonna talk to Chris about the OTAs, about the softball game, uh, you know, everything else involved. At 2 o'clock, Derek, and we haven't had him on in a while. I think the last yep. time we talked to him was when the Eagles played the Giants in the playoffs. We had a, yes. on him a couple times last year. He's an awesome reporter, by the way. Uh, yes. At Leonard from the New York Daily News. He covers the Giants and does a heck of a job doing it. I will tell you that. Because um, Saquon's not a real happy camper gunner. Uh, he let it be known that he's not happy with some of the stuff that's being leaked out on the Giants side of this because he's – He's basically said, like, dude, I've kept my word. I'm not I'm not leaking anything. So I don't like this, and I'm not happy. And there's a July 17th deadline for him to reach a deal. He even said, I am considering all uh, of my, uh, you know, all avenues here. And one of them may be 
sitting out. Possibly. Well, he, better, he better talk to Le'Veon Bell before he sits out because that costs Le'Veon in a lot of ways. Now, obviously, Saquon was younger than Le'Veon, but still. Yeah, yeah I got um, it. it's always a mistake. That always yeah. turns out to be a mistake in that league. But yeah, yeah T.O. was the MVP. Yes, Fitness yeah. Rebel, you are correct. Uh, it's good. She was there. I love it. I love that she was there. Uh, so we'll talk to to Pat uh, about the Giants. We'll talk NFC East. We'll talk Eagles with Pat. Uh, it's nice that you don't have to deal with any of this kind of stuff with the Eagles. I know, you know? I know. I mean, they got it done with Jalen. They didn't wait for everybody to set the market. You yeah. know, all that stuff. Just get it done and 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 keep moving, man. It's one of the things I think we we underrate a little bit with the Eagles is there's not a lot of like nonsense that goes on with them. And and again, you know, we give Howie props for a lot of things, and that's one of them. When Howie identifies a player they want to keep or multiple players, sometimes they get it done before that their current season is even over. You know, um, they, they don't let it linger here. And I think that's why a lot of players want to come here as well. Besides the culture is the fact that they take care of you. When they identify that you are part of their long-term future as well as their immediate future, how he lets it be known, they will take care of you. He has a great vision in terms of seeing the immediate future in terms of numbers that will be competitive to what the market is going to set at certain positions and getting the players. And you're right. The only player that really grumbled in recent years that I can think of um, is CJ, you know, CJ, GJ. Right. Yeah, you're right. You're right. And that was sort of out the door. Well, it wasn't when he was still an Eagle, you know no, what I mean? Like it no, was. No. Yeah. Now I, I just saw over the weekend, Miles Sanders said something about the reason, you know, ask the Eagles why I'm here instead of there. So I, I didn't get the full context of it. But. It was weird. Like he sort of, intimated like i wanted the ball more in the super bowl uh you'll have to ask them why i'm i'm moving here referencing carolina yeah he didn't really like he kind of went in but he didn't go in it was it was he intimated and hinted you know look i I think in his defense he did have a heck of a year and and it just seemed like no matter what he did he was not going to be back because they don't want to pay running backs you know and and frankly considering the market he got a great deal from Carolina. Like he should be happy. Yeah. Like, I, you know yeah. what I mean? I know he wanted to stay here ultimately, but the way things turned out, that's rare that running backs even get that kind of money anymore. Did, did his, did I, I, I'm thinking along these lines, did his representation not fully prepare him for what's to come? Because we yeah. all knew in December. And as you remember, I reported in December that Miles Sanders was not coming back here. You know, if right. I knew it, they knew it in house. And his representation, I'm sure, was having conversations with Howie. How did they not prepare him better for what's to come? Because when he left, it was like a shock to him that he was leaving. Right Now, maybe maybe he just didn't want to believe that the Eagles, after the season he had, was going to let him go. But his agent, who has, who has been around the block a few times, should have told him, hey, look, here's the history of the Philadelphia Eagles when it comes to two things, running backs and linebackers. Okay? They don't go out of their way to pay top dollars for either position. That's all he had to tell him. And then it's on the young man himself whether he wants to believe it or not. But right. no, and I, don't right. know, I don't know that his representation didn't prepare. Maybe they did. He just didn't want to hear it because he started out with Philadelphia Eagles. He, you know, he went to Penn State. He wanted to stay in Pennsylvania and all that good stuff. And he just didn't listen to the, to the outside music or valuable information. And so here it is. So maybe he is staying in still a little bit that he's in Carolina, but I think he has a great opportunity down there to be a feature back, a young up and coming quarterback. He's down there with a coach that he has, uh, he knows. Frankly. He has history. Yeah. 
mm-hmm. history with. So it, it's not like you're going completely to foreign soil. And Carolina's a great city, you know. Yeah. Every time oh, I'm going, every time I'm going to Charlotte, Charlotte is a great city. It really is. Know? Yeah. And people no, love it. I think you make a good point. Like, you know how it is. Sometimes in your own mind, you're in, there's some level of denial. We're all, we all have that to some degree, you know, and, yeah. and or if you like someplace, you're going to, you're hopeful that it's going to work out. And it just, it just didn't anyway. But yeah, listen, I, I, I hear you with that. Um, that's for sure. I mean, look, there's, well, we'll dig into that. Well, we'll I'm going to be curious what Chris says. Uh, Chris Franklin has to say um, regarding that. So a couple other things, Derek, the Sixers have hired one, at least an assistant coach. Bobby Jackson comes over. He was the G League coach with the Kings. I had a good playing career. He was a solid player, tough guy. He was a tough dude on the court, scrappy. Uh, so he, Bobby Jackson comes over as at least one of Nick Nurse's assistants that we know of right now. We got game five of the finals tonight. I think Denver puts it away. And I, and I don't say that lightly yeah. because Miami's yeah. tough, man. We know that. But I think Denver, I just think Denver's better. Simply I do too. more talented. Yeah. I, I, I watched uh, I watched Miami give it their best shot Friday. And every time they tried to close the gap, Denver just pulled away. They'd hit the big shot, get the big rebound, get the turnover. And I just think Denver's just too deep, too talented. Miami went as far as they could go. They were a great story. As much as I was rooting for them, I came to that realization, like by the end of the third quarter, it's just not meant to be for Miami this season. You know, they lost too many key players. Uh, even Vincent was playing on a gimpy ankle or has been pay- playing on a gimp- gimpy ankle. Um, they just went as far as they could go. They're not not—they're not tall enough. They're not deep enough. And they're, they're scrappy. I'll give them that. You knocked out the number one and number two seeds in the East. I got to give you your props for that. You yeah. know, And you, you beat the number two seed in a game seven. You blew them out on their home court in Boston. Yeah. So I got to give point. you your props for that. But yeah. you just – you just ran into a team. This is destiny right here. Denver's never won one, and it's just their time. They've been waiting a long time for this, and they're an exciting team to watch. I, I've enjoyed watching this series. It's been a fun series to watch. I agree with you. I, look, I, I agree, and you're right. Toughness is the first thing that comes to mind when you th- talk about that Miami team. So you have that. Vegas is up 3-1 in the NHL finals. Uh, they'll look to put it away uh, in game five as well. Um Two other things here, Derek, and we'll get to the Phillies who, who uh, are on a little run here. Pretty good run. Uh, Valerie Camillo, who was the uh, is leaving Comcast Spectacor. She's been yeah. the president and CEO for the last five years. She is stepping away. Um, a lot of turnover there. You know, we've seen uh, Dave Scott. We've seen Chuck Fletcher. We've seen now Val- Valerie Camillo, and we know Danny Barrier and Keith Jones stepping in there, as well as Dan Hilferty to to kind of run the show there. So it's it's been a legitimate uh, change there with the Flyers, which you know in, in a lot of ways is very needed. So uh, you know nothing against Valerie, but I just think because she was more on the business part of it and the entertainment. Right. But generally, there needs to be some changes there, um, and you're seeing it uh, with this team. Well, new day, new era. Yep. Um, it, this thing has been running aground. It is. It was a very. It is a very prideful organization, and over the recent years, the last five six years, no matter what they tried to do, it got worse instead of better, and so they reached at a point where they're at ground zero now. Yeah, you know, you've got to build this thing from the ground up, and we still don't know if it's going if it's going to move in the right direction. But you've got to move in a different direction. You know, everything you've tried up to this point has failed. And so you bring in fresh, fresh blood, fresh ideas, a, a fresh perspective um, in all facets of, 
of anything associated with this Flyers organization and, and see where it takes you. You know, it, it can't look, it can't get any worse. Right. I mean, it's as, it's as bad as it's ever it been. Yeah. You're, you're rock bottom. Yeah. You know how yeah. it is. And it doesn't matter yeah. all different things in life. When you hit rock bottom, you got to, you better wake up and make some changes. And that's yeah. usually what spurs yeah. change. So yeah. hopefully this is, you know, yet another one of those moves that, that, that certainly uh, we'll see, we'll see how it works out. But beyond yeah. that, Derek, and I want to get to, I have an Eagles uh, thing that I'm going to hit with you in a second here. So the Phillies have now won uh, seven out of eight. Uh, they get on a little run. They beat the Dodgers in the series two games to one, which is big because we wanted to see a little, you know, it was nice you took care of business against Washington and Detroit, but show me it against the good yep. team. Yeah. And they did. And um, there's some nice signs here, excluding Aaron Nola. You got really good starting pitching during this run, a five and one mm -hmm. road trip. Trey Turner's slowly but surely starting to look like Trey Turner a little bit here. Yeah. Schwarber, we know how the month of June treats him. It's like you're May. When Derek's month is May, Schwarber's month is June. Um, Great walk off on Friday. Yeah, nice, very nice. And then yesterday, you just they just did a good job of sort of piling on, piling on, give themselves a little breathing room, and and a really nice uh, little stretch here. Now the trouble is, um, they go to an Arizona team that is scorching, and, and <laughs> somehow, some way, Derek, the the Oakland A's have found a little something-something here, and they've won five straight. I don't know they're how, but they have. They're still in the teens in terms of wins, but the, the their manager said, you know what, we're finally playing as a unit. We're finally gelling. Uh, they're being more cohesive in the clubhouse. And ask, ask the Brewers how, how well they played. They went into Milwaukee and swept the Brewers this weekend. Yeah. So, you know, um, I don't think I don't think Oakland in any way, shape, or form is going to be a playoff team when you look at their record. But if they keep playing like this, all of a sudden they're not the walkovers anymore. They were just a few weeks ago. You're right. So you, you yeah. better not take them lightly. I will tell you, you're right. Ask the Brewers about that, taking them lightly. So they'll get them on the second part of this road trip. They they have four at Arizona. Arizona's tied for the third most wins in baseball. Yep. Uh, you have uh, only ahead of them right now the Rays, the Orioles, and how about the Orioles? Nobody even talks about them. But Arizona's forty and twenty-five, as are the Braves. So they're they're they have a six-fifteen win percentage, which is pretty strong. And they've owned the Phillies. We'll get into that in a minute. But they've owned the Phillies. So the Phillies, you know, it's going to be tough bullpen game tonight, which you hate. You know, you just hate it in general. But you really hate kicking off a, a road trip with it. But yeah. look, they're they're playing good baseball. I'll give them props. They are playing good baseball right and now. And on top of that, they open their series tonight, and it's a bullpen game. You don't want to right. go into the first game of a four-game set in a bullpen game the way Arizona's playing right now, especially in their backyard. Yeah. They came in here They came in here and took it to you earlier in the season. Now they're smoking. They're even better than what they were then. And you're going to go in there in the first game to set the tone? Is a bullpen game? I'm not going to say they're not going to win the game because obviously with baseball you just never know. But that's not what you want it to be. And and why do we have Clemens pinch it again on Saturday? I don't want to about saving arms and stuff like that. Why was a position player pitching that game Saturday for the Phillies? I mean, I, I know it was one inning, but still. I know. I, I know. I, I, I don't. It's one of those trends in baseball, and I don't care if I sound like a, you know, old school, old fart. What I hate it. I don't like it, Derek. I don't like well, it at all. You are an old fart. but That's, that's true. <laughs> that's a whole different discussion, you know, but I um, um So, all right. Um, I mentioned we're going to have Chris Franklin coming up in uh, about five minutes. And then uh, at two o'clock, uh, Pat Leonard will. We're also going to do, in addition to Pat with our NFL discussion, top five rookies from 2022.
from yep. last year, not this past draft. We don't know what those guys are going to be yet, but we had a year to see what those guys were because Aaron Rodgers is, is, is going overboard with uh with a hype train for, for Garrett Wilson and, and sauce Gardner. And I love both. Don't get me wrong, yeah. but suddenly Aaron's buddy buddies with those guys. So uh, we'll get into that in a minute, but I want to hit you with this. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking it because we, we were having this discussion last week with the trios in the NFL, the receiving trios and the best ones. And look, I, I don't think anybody's going to argue the Eagles one, two punch. You know, when you're talking about a guy in AJ Brown who had 88 catches, almost 1500 yards, 17 yards per catch and 11 touchdowns. And then you have a 95 catch guy with almost 1200 yards, seven touchdowns. And then you have Dallas Goddard who only played 12 games yep. who had 55 catches for 700 yards. You know, that, that trio is strong, very strong. No question. Where you, where you hit a little bit of a fall off is if we're not talking tight end, if you're just talking about the number three receiver, you have uh, Alameda Zacchaeus who came over from the, from the Falcons. And actually, you know, to his credit, they had a tough deal. It was Mariota. It was a, a little Desmond yep. Ritter. It, was, it wasn't Ritter. a great setup. 40 catches, 533 yards, 13 yards per catch, and three touchdowns is pretty solid, all things considered there, right? For, for an offense that was a mess. Yeah, and who emphasizes the run, you know, whatever. And, and then you, you go, have Kyle Pitts for the whole season. Exactly right. Yeah, that's that's a good point, too. And then, you know, and then you have Quez. We, we've, we've talked about quite a bit. 33 catches, 354 yards. Here's the thing about Quez. There's no way a guy with those wheels, Derek, should average 10.7 yards per catch. No, that's the thing no. that really – you know, leaps out when you're talking about Quez's season last year. So, look, I think all in all, very good crew, but there is a drop off at that third receiver, or at least a question mark as we go in. Um, I couldn't, I couldn't agree with you more uh, because, you know, the names you mentioned are the prominent players, but you know, somewhere along the line, we need, a, we need to see a Calcaterra step his game up. We need to see Stoll step his game up as well. You know, you never know when they're going to be counted on. Um, we need definitely need to see Quez step his game up. And I think yeah. Quez's biggest issue is is mental focus, number one, and becoming a little bit more physical. Yep. You gotta there's no one with a guy that kind of speed should be averaging under 13, 14 yards a catch. Absolutely no way. And six foot 193 pounds. You know, somebody has to work with him. And I saw over the weekend with somebody put out there, maybe he should reach out to Jason Avon about how to get mentally tougher. You know, and I said you know, Jason's worked with other receivers in the past for the Eagles organization. And I think if anybody could teach um, Quez about the art of getting mentally stronger as well as physically stronger, it would be Jason. Jason was not the fastest receiver out there. He was sure-handed. He took some hits that would, would drop the best of men, and he got up and kept on ticking. And he would always tell me a lot of times, the way Selleck would tell me, you think about – Think about the hits we watched Brent Selleck oh. take in his career. Oof. And Brent Selleck, as well as Jason, would always tell me, D-Gun, the best way to get inside a defender's head is when they lay a big hit on you and you get up and look them in the eye and you're pumping your fist and they're thinking, what else do I have to do to defense do? You know, that's a psychological edge you can get. And I think that's what Quez needs to get. You know, he's got to get tougher in, in battling for the 50-50 balls. Mm -hmm. Get tougher getting off of press coverage. Get quicker um, and, and run crisper routes. Get to point A to point B a lot quicker. Make yourself more of a viable option in this offense. You know, and I understand when I'm Jalen Hurts and I step back and, I, and I'm salivating because I've got Vontae Smith on one side of the field, A.J. Brown running a slant across the other side, and Dallas Goddard, who's 
one of the best in the game at finding the open seam. You know, when you get down to fourth and fifth, fifth option, sometimes those forgotten entities. But you can make yourself known by doing the little things to make yourself better. And that will be noticed by your quarterback, by your coaching staff in terms of calling more plays to you in practice sessions. Yeah. Now, I always say don't put too much emphasis on practice, but there's certain little things, you know, because you're playing against two pro – you're practicing against Pro Bowl corners. You're practicing against one of the best slot corners in the game in Avanti Maddox. You have no excuse for not getting better. Take the time and talk to those guys and ask them, what are you seeing in my game? What do I need to get better at? Right. That's how you get better. The best in the game always talk to somebody. Am I tipping things? Am I leaning a certain way before the snap? Do I, do, do I, what do I need to do to disguise what I'm doing better and to get much better at it? You have some of the best in the opposite side of the ball to help you through these things. Mm-hmm. Take advantage of those scenarios, man. Yeah. Great point. It's a great point. No, listen, I couldn't agree with you more, Derek. That's for sure. All right, let's hit it. Let's come back. Let's talk to Chris Franklin from NJ.com. We keep the Eagles talk rolling with Chris. Looking forward to hanging out with him again. A little bit later, Pat Leonard from the New York Daily News. will get the latest on what's happening with uh, Saquon, and we'll get his take on the Eagles and the NFC East and the NFC in general. Well, he's, he's there, too, with the Jets, all the craziness going on with the Jets, too, so we'll talk about that. A lot to get to today on this Monday. Uh, don't go anywhere. And hit the like button if you could, folks. We do appreciate it. That's Derek Gunn. I'm Rob Ellis. We're Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. All right, thrilled, thrilled that Bravo Pizza of Habertown is a part of the family, part of the Sports Take family, part of the Jacob Sports family. But going there since I was a kid was in there Friday, as a matter of fact. Got myself a pizza, and it hit the spot. I will tell you that. They've been family-owned since 1985. You got Alex and the crew in there seven days a week just cracking it out, man. Unbelievable, unbelievable food fresh made homemade every single day uh 20 different styles of pizza they have slices to go i love the upside down that's that's what i got on friday but you name it they'll make it yep you call up specialized pizza the way that you want it and it's not just pizza it's fresh pasta sandwiches wraps salads wings they also support support the community in a big big way they have fundraisers for charity schools little leagues where all the proceeds go to those organizations you can follow them at the Bravo Pizza of Havertown on Instagram and Facebook for daily specials and promotions. You want to stop on by. It's 1305 Westchester Pike, Manoa Shopping Center in Havertown, Pennsylvania. 1305 Westchester Pike, Manoa Shopping Center, Havertown, Pennsylvania. Give them a call. 610-446-3810. 610-446-3810. Bravo Pizza of Havertown. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. And the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. The greatest fans on earth. It's a bold statement, but would you expect anything less from Philadelphia? 58 years of heartache creates a toughness, a grit, a resolve not found in most. Sure, our prayers were answered, but now that we've had a taste, we're looking for more. 
Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go first! Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction. Go with trust. Go first! And go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. Right, did you know I was the mommy slam dunk champion? Really? <laughs> yes, really don't sound so surprised. Let's see it. Oh, you're ready. All right, here we go. Let's hear the crowd. <sighs> so go to right, go to left, got fake a mom. Mama, go. Oh, mama! She did it. Again. You can't avoid gravity, but United Healthcare can help you avoid financial surprises by helping you compare costs and doctor quality ratings. United Healthcare. Uh-huh. Monday, everybody. Yeah, you get through it. It's early. I know. I know it's Monday. We'll be okay. Let's go. I'm giving you a hug. I'm giving everybody a group hug right now. That's Derek. I'm Rob. We are Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. I find Tuesdays tougher than Mondays, but that's that's a whole different discussion that we will get into maybe at some point later in the show. But you know what is a cure for for a case of the Mondays, Derek? God, what would that be? That would be Chris Franklin, who covers uh, yes. the Eagles for NJ.com and uh, does yes. an awesome job. Chris, I, I was saying this earlier, man. First of all, welcome to the show. We, we appreciate you, you hopping on. You, you I got to give you props. You covered the, the the charity softball game, dude, like it was game seven of the World Series. Like, you were on that bad boy. I'm talking pictures, updates, T.O., you know, smokes one. Like anything that went down, you were on it, my man. Props. Thanks. I was trying to channel my inner Joe Buck there, trying to, you know, be having people be there with you know i was i was waiting for the kirk gibson moment with somebody running around it didn't happen but you know it was all fun <laughs> it was good man. it was good well g- give us chris, give us your well go ahead gunner yeah yeah chris tell them when you lose that june mandatory mini camp you got to get real <laughs> <laughs> there's gotta be something to fill in a couple of those days because yeah. i'm like you know yeah, this works <laughs> that game's gotta last you another six weeks man so you gotta get oh, a lot man. of it strategic vacations placed in there so yeah. we don't have to fill it in too. exactly man um well first off i know fitness rebel one of our great subscribers who's always in the chat doesn't which she's we love her she was there but so give us a little little set the scene for us man i know uh to won the mvp right but it was team Devante against uh, Jahan Watson or Jahan Dotson and his crew, correct? Yeah, it was. It was. It felt like the NFC, the only team that was missing from the NFC East were the Cowboys. We had Saquon Barkley on the other side. Yeah, Chad Ochocinco, who was talking, he delivered some all-time lines, including with dating advice and everything else. McDonald's, which is just like 
okay, what's going on? And then you had a lot of Eagles come together, and it felt like it felt like a, a training camp practice in a way. You kept hearing the fly Eagles fly and people chanting. It felt like 2004 in a way, too, because you heard the T.O. song going on as well, too. It was, it was, it was a, overall, it was a pretty cool event seeing everybody get together, and it helped the two charities, St. Luke's Charities and Iron Charities. So I think they benefited as well, too. So it was fun. Hey, That's awesome. hey Chris, did you guys have unlimited access to the players after the game? Um, because, you know, jur- journalistically speaking, this is where you can get a lot of evergreen stories that can carry you for a couple of months with it. With the collection of former and current players there, a lot of great storylines. A Saquon storyline, you know, a Chad Ogo Ocho talking about wanting wanting to play in Philly. Did you did you get a lot of access to these guys and get a lot of good stories out of them? Yeah, he did. You know, I, and I started for because last year I was like, okay, we didn't really get to see as much, so pushed a little like field access. All right, cool. So start pushing it a little bit, a little bit more, and you got to see these guys like more relaxed and, and they were open and talking. So. Yeah, got chances. Anytime you can ask Terrell Owens, Chad also say about Brandon Marshall about a wide receiver that's currently on the Eagles or Eagles offense. It was great. You know, get to talk to see some guys. May have snuck into one area that probably shouldn't have passed and allowed me to, but it helped out with the part of the story too. But yeah, overall, it was, it was decent access. And, and yeah, it, it helps out a lot for this upcoming season and getting some perspective. I, I just think it's such a great. Uh... It's a team bonding thing, but it's also in a setting where these guys can let their hair down a little bit and just have some fun with each other. And that, to me, like, that's worth the price of admission. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, when you saw guys like – when you saw like Darius Slay up to bat or another home run derby, you saw Kenneth Gainwell, DeAndre Swift, and all the other Eagles teammates. They're actually legit. They, they're up there on the field, like, like cheering them more and looking around there. So you start to see – we hear Nick Sirianni talk about it so much when it comes to connection, connection, connection. Well – Looks like they're practicing what they're preaching in a way because they're, they're there for support him and uh and everybody else. And it, it was cool to see. Who's got game, man? Who's got some game? You know, I gotta say, Jake Elliott as shortstop, pretty good. Jake <laughs> he's pretty good. Jake he's a legit athlete, man. The guy's a he great was, tennis player, too. Wow. Yeah. D- Dallas Goddard, legit. I remember last year when he was he won the home run derby. And last year I remember he hit one out into the bullpen and left field. And he was just mashing them left and right. So I think he's He's a good power hitter, you know. If the Phillies continue to have some, uh, some you know, power issues, you know, from the right side, you know, maybe, maybe call Dallas Goddard. He might be interested a little <laughs> bit. But yeah, I see those two guys in Devonta himself, Jalen Hurts too. Jalen Hurts had a two hitter going through uh, about like three, four innings. So it was like he, he's got a future in softball if he wanted to. So it was, they were good. <laughs> Chris, Chris, I love your story that you wrote about how Devonta's uh, softball game helps teammates, charities, and and recruiting. Can you can you give our, our chat and, and and people watching um, the highlight of what the story entails um, and sure. how beneficial it is across the board? Definitely, I started the recruiting first. It already helped out because Terrell Edmonds pointed to the, that game as a reason why he signed with that was that went a long way for why he signed with the Eagles. Wow! I mean, he got to see from the other sideline like what was going on. He got to talk to some of the guys, and he even said like he admitted like he was he was going to sell, recruit some of the guys there. So who knows maybe. If, one day we see Saquon, was there, they see somebody else, you know, sign with them. You say, okay, well, there's a second person there. But I thought that was a key thing as well, too, because, I mean, we hear so much in the NBA about how these players need to recruit to get it, try to get these super teams or what have you. You can get it on the football side with events like this. It helps out a lot. And then I think also when you look at the way that, we, as we mentioned beforehand, the team building as well, too, that was a big key key factor as well, too, and, and it raised money for charity. So the big thing I took away was the recruiting aspect of that and, Hey, uh, with the, that turnout, they could see the fans that were out there in, in that atmosphere and, and, and getting to know some of those Eagles guys. Maybe it helps out more in the long run. Yeah, I know. I think 
I think Micah Parsons played in years past, right? Maybe, yeah. Maybe, yeah. maybe a seed was planted there. Who knows? Uh, you know, we'll, we'll <laughs> might be pushing that one a little bit. But uh, I know you were also at OTAs uh, this past week, and and I get it. You know, when we're talking about guys in shorts and all that, so you don't get too crazy. But I'll ask you something. I, I we we've, we talked to some other folks as well who were there. Um, Nolan Smith apparently just looks kind of different than 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 maybe anticipated with, with the whole knock on him being so small. Everybody talked about how big the guy looked. Did you get that same sense? And how did he look out there? He he's quick, especially when he goes around. Just they were doing a couple of drills where you know just has to read and react, and you can see the quickness that's there. Especially if you need to basically stretch out the run game. So I like that aspect of him too. I mean, he's not two sixty, you know, muscular and everything else, but he's thin for his size and for the muscles that he has. You're, he's going to be good. I, I like the way and we. And I hate using this so much when you hear like the draft time, but the bend and, and the reflex and everything, he really does bend quickly around there, getting around the edge. So it almost is looking like seeing Hassan Reddick out there when you see in that type of way for him to pat, rush the pasture. So I think that was, that was a, that that's what surprised me the most. I think when it came to him, I, I got to ask you about this, this Quez Watkins saga that's going to be lingering all the way through the season. You know, he came out of the off season and, and basically said, bleep everybody. I'll show you. I'll prove you wrong. And then Sirianni went out of his way doing OTAs to sing his praises as well. What I know it's a limited role. What have you seen from Quiz? I'm assuming you've had a chance to talk to him. Do you notice a change in his demeanor, his confidence, attitude, or is it still a wait-and-see issue with him? I think it's, it's wait-and-see. We, we didn't get a chance to – I thought we would, like, you know, especially after that, but we didn't get a chance to talk to him. Yeah. But you can see he's really – like. When he's he's running with it's just like even more of a purpose when he's running his routes. I know, and granted, I know his OTAs. He's going against like the, sometimes the third, fourth string cornerback just to give him a look. I think the one time, those yeah, after the one time, like right after that, when we were watching OTAs, he got a deep ball thrown to him in, in uh, Thursday practice, and it went through his hands. But it, so it's like he built up, and then that happened. But at the same time, you saw what he was doing the previous week, and he looks. We I see his route running. It looks crisper. He looks like he's quick, getting quicker out of his breaks, and that's what you need him to do. I mean, you you basically need him just to stretch the field a lot, and you need you're going to have to test him the 50, 50 balls downfield. And if he catches about fifty percent of them, fifty five percent of them, you're doing purpose because it just opens up so much even more stuff down underneath. So I look at him. I think he does look a little. There's something in his eye that you see, like you know, like you you can tell, like you know, he he wants to shut everybody up around here, especially. Uh, especially around here as well, too. So, well, I guess, Chris, my ball. question is, is, is it really a competition with, say, like him and Zacchaeus? Because they're very different players, right? I mean, so there isn't, right? I mean, he's safe. Would you would you agree that Quez is safe? I think the four, I think the, I think five of the wide receiver spots are safe, and he's included with them. Him and Olamedia are included because to me, Olamedia reminds me of Jason Avant in the way that you know he's going to be a Chris route runner. If you need to get to the sticks, you know he's going to be there and try to open right. around. He's not, he's not as tall as him, but, you know, he, he feels that one. You need Quest for that spacing. You, you really do, because if not, you have Devontae and AJ that are, that are quick in speed in their own way, but you don't have 4-3 type speed that is on, his, on his roster right now when you look at it, especially in the slot. So you need him to do it, and I think when you look at that, they need a backup punt returner. I know everybody's a, a little hesitant when it comes to that. They need a backup kick returner. He has to that section as well, too. So they need his office. I think he's safe. Do you think Howie we would you put it past Howie to be out there looking at another wide receiver possibility, knowing what we know if about it, Howie? If it, if it became a trade for trade, if it's towards the end of training camp and something were to happen like injury wise, I could see that happening. 
I think they're going to try to give every chance they can to this guy. Uh, I really, yeah. I really truly believe it. Like in, in, in homegrown, he knows the system and everything else. Unless somebody, unless there's somebody who's really, really affordable, almost in the same situation where change of scenery that they think could fit in the system, maybe. But I don't think I don't even think that would be it unless it happened right before the cutdown date. Chris, if there's a guy who's somewhat under the radar, but you feel like could be a bust out once camp comes, whether it's a, a later pick, an undrafted free agent, a guy who was here last year, whatever, who would you say it would be? See, I know everybody's talking about, and so included Christian Ellis was doing really well. I mean, it's anyway, he's his way of flowing. They had him on the weak side playing the, the will linebacker. He's a guy, I, I look at him a little bit. It's t- I think I, I know it sounds like we saw him. I think Kenneth Gainwell. I really think he could be a guy that could really do it. I know a lot of the attention is going to be on Swift and Penny as well, too. But I look at the strides he's made. I look, especially for a kid, because I started questioning, I, I started questioning myself in the middle of the season. Like, you know, I'm still waiting to see Naeem Himes come on the field. But when you start to see the playoff run and you start to see a build of that, I think he can be a play a bigger role in this offense, especially if they start throwing to the running backs a lot more, which looks like they're on to do. So mm-hmm. I think I, I think he's a guy where you start thinking like, well, maybe he could be in that conversation of 1B eventually when all said and done. Okay. You know, from your perspective and, and maybe from your conversations with uh, Gainwell, how is he handling the situation? Because back in March, we were all talking about him being the lead back in 2023. All of a sudden, he could very easily be the number three back in the system. Yeah, he's he's taking it as a competition. Almost some of the questions he's taking it as a he's going he's taking it as a proven thing. Like I'm, I'm trying to prove that I'm ready to be that guy. I mean, I think uh, we saw the reaction when Miles was gone. He's and they signed Penny. Anything else? We saw those that's the, that tweet in there. It's like, oh, this is sound too good. But I mean, you start to see like the way the way he's focused, the way he's another guy who's coming in, who's running hard, or another guy who's getting in there in that. In, can be a factor in the flight, especially I think on those outside stretch runs. I look at that and I'm thinking like, all right, you see that you hear the way he's talking. And that's why I'm thinking like he, that's what I'm starting to think like more and more a little bit. He can be that guy's like, all right, cool. That, that's, that's an, an even upgrade of a weapon that you had before last year too. How about mm-hmm. safety, Chris? I, I mean, I, I think, you know, Reed obviously has a, has a bit of a leg up. He was here last year and, and, and knows the system pretty well. But Sidney Brown's in the mix, you know, from from what we're hearing. Is that – are we a little too hyped on that, do you think? Like, are they in pretty good shape there with Edmonds and, and Blankenship in your estimation? I think we'll see a lot of Brown on the field, too. I think we'll see a lot of three safety looks. And I, I think looking at that one, you know, we saw the ones. You saw Edmonds and Blankenship starting out there. When you look at Brown, safety is going to be tough to play. I think it's one of the toughest spots to play, especially as a rookie, especially in linebacker, especially when you talk about Jim Schwartz. But I think overall in the league, because so many moving parts, especially on the inside, trying to get that stuff. But I think they're going to try to give him every chance to step in there and, and do that. Like, when you look at the raw ability that he has and that instinct to try to, to be a ball hawk, to, to know when to time his the jump routes. When you see that, and we saw that in Illinois, that I think that fits well for what this defense wants to accomplish and, and the way this system is it looks like it's going to be aligned up to be. So I literally I think he's going to see the field a lot. I, I think it's going to be some growing pains early on those those, those first couple of games, but as the season progresses, you see him more and more. You'll see him in those three safety looks, and, and he'll have a lot of time here. I, I think Lane Johnson said something very interesting during the OTA. He said, "Hey, don't count out Tyler Steen at right guard yet. Don't count him out. People keep thinking it's Cam Durgan's job to win or lose, but." You know, and, and Lane had referred to his offensive lineman last year as Jurassic Park, considering how big these dudes were. Tyler Steen ain't no little dude, man. And 
I mean, is, have you been hearing some of the same things about, hey, this kid Tyler Steen may be your starting right guard? I think they're going to give him every chance they can. I think it's going to be between right guard, safety. I think those are two things you'll see. I think Jurgens has the end right now because of his familiarity. He knows what's expected of him. Steen, I think, is with his size, I think it's a better fit. He's a little bit bigger in there, and you, you worry a little bit at times, you know, hey, you know, when you see Cam, you know, he's not the biggest guy. You get a like an Aaron Donald, an Aaron Donald type guy in the middle of there trying to like basically them lining him right, right directly over him saying, oh, I see who I'm going to go. I'm not going to get his dickers. I know I can get get that power on him. So I think Jurgens is going to walk in. I think when camp is over, I think Jurgens is going to walk in. But I think Steen looked on from what I've heard, what I've seen about him, like his raw physical tools, he's going to have a good future with this team on offensive line. I want to ask you more about sort of approach than – X and O here with this, Chris, um, when it comes to Nick Sirianni, has, has he, or have you gotten that vibe from any of the players or the staff that, Hey, look, we're aware that, that it can be what a challenge it could be getting back to the Super Bowl, getting back to, you know, after you lose especially, but, but teams that get there, it's, it's generally not the same kind of season the next year for whatever reason. Are they aware of that? Is that addressed? Is that like an elephant in the room or is that just, Hey man, we, we, if we stay focused on the task at hand, we're going to be fine. I think they're trying to put it behind. I think most of the guys are trying to put the Super Bowl behind them. They're trying to look toward the future. They're already starting to start worry about 2023. I mean, it doesn't help getting the NFC Championship rings. Well, this, yeah, last, last week, week right? to go that one too. Yeah. yeah. So I'm like, hey, guys, we want to move forward. Oh, by the way, here's your rings. Oh, oh thanks. Maybe this is <laughs> why you do it so early, right? <laughs> Aren't you better off doing it now, though? Yeah, because if you're doing it during training camp and then yeah. everything's a fraud and everything else, yeah, and – they're not. We know they're not going to probably do a banner for all for NFC champions. To me, that would be like doing what the Colts did for AFC participants. You know, for they lost AFC. I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't make a big deal about that. So sneaking in the middle, it could be motivation going in the offseason. Hey, you know what? You see this ring you got? It's a decent accomplishment, but you didn't get the Super Bowl ring. Take this to the offseason. Do this workout. Keep this in mind and go from there. But yeah, they're trying to move on. It seems like as quickly as possible from from that result and, and trying to make a new run and. and Hopefully this time getting the Super Bowl ring this year. At this time of year, so cloak and dagger. And obviously you guys haven't had a lot of access to uh, Sean Desai, but from your best guess perspective, what kind of, what kind of scheme do you think we're, we're looking at here? Obviously we're not even going to know in the preseason because everything's so vanilla, but, but, you know, maybe from people you've talked to or just listening to him on those rare instances, you guys have had access to him. What do you think we're looking at here with all this, this youth and veteran personnel on that side of the ball. If you guys love Jonathan Gannon's scheme, I think you'll see a lot of the same, but a little ah, bit with his more cheeks. Yep. Oh, you're going to lose Gunner for the rest of the show, Chris. <laughs> sorry, man. Out. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> hey, the Van- is, you're looking at the Vangio scheme, and, if it, and the surprising thing was looking back at the percentage of times that decide blitz went at Chicago Bears, the last time I checked, I believe it, it was just a few percentage points behind what Gannon did. Gannon blitzed a little bit, like 2% more or something like that, if I believe I've, I got to remember that one. But I think that was the case on that one, too. So yeah. you won't see a lot of blitzings, a lot of relying on a defensive line to get up there, a lot of cover two, cover three, sometimes cover four, and just say, hey, you know what? We're not going to let you beat. We're not going to get beat deep. We're going to make you dink and dunk this all the way, and we're going to rely on the, the speed of of your uh, your secondary to go ahead and just cover there and, and limit the yards after catch, too. So get more steam in that aspect. You know, I could see a couple wrinkles, maybe when it comes to terms of stunts. Maybe he does a couple more. I think you may see a couple more double-A gap blitzes, maybe. Maybe. But, yeah, just, and that's just cleaning off of some of what 
Say that again. Maybe. 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 That's what they believe organizationally. That's part of the why, reason why Desai's hired. Frankly, even if like even if they elevated Denard Wilson, it would still be the same approach in a lot of ways, right, Chris? Because that's what Howie and that's what you know the higher ups believe. Correct. A lot of times, especially with that Van Gio scheme, you don't. It's a lot of don't want to put yourself out of position, just trying to get extra pressure on the quarterback, so you get burnt deep and given extra, basically having to march down the field and giving somebody a quick score. So yeah, it's gonna whoever I think they were going to look for that one. That, that's and we've heard Nick say this in before. This whole team has has his fingerprints on it, no matter what. And his belief is, hey, make the defense march down the field quickly and let the defensive line try to get after you. So that's yeah. why I think you'll see a lot earlier that offense trying to score quickly score a lot and then letting the defense pin their ears back and then minimizing the damage by uh, not letting anything go behind them. Here's, here's what I was told um, when, when people have been asking, and especially Rob, why haven't they brought this guy in a riser uh, to, to try out as a punter? And what I was told was, well, you know, you still have Rob's favorite guy, Sippos there. Uh, and they have this undrafted rookie, this undrafted rookie that they really like. They, they believe he has a strong leg. What do you think the chances are? And I want to look at Rob's face when you answer this question. What do you think the chances are Sippos could be a punter again this year? Rob, um, I, I hate to do this. On, I, I, you might be a, it might be an audio uh, issue coming on, on your end. This is clear. This is, the, the channel is coming as clear as I possibly can. I think you'll see Aaron Sippos holding for Jake Elliott. I think you'll see Aaron Sippos punting for punting for a time. Go. We can't do better than this. Like there isn't anybody. I know Kern wasn't good either when he came here. I understand <laughs> that. I'm not looking for some has been with all due respect to him, but we can't do better than Aaron Sippos here with this team. It's right now. They, they really like what he brings. And, and there's a the thing that I've seen with him. Like, like we'll look at here. It will be tantalizing because you'll see the you'll see the net yards, you see the hang time, and then December rolls around, and then yes, uh oh, right. So I mean, I remember two years ago you said he went back to Australia to punt near the winds of the, of the coastline and get used to it. Maybe it's a fine new spot to do that, but right now, yeah, Zetner and, and I'll I'll say this because be fair to Zetner because it was only one day we saw them punting. It was only one, yeah. but he was getting. Sipos was getting five seconds hang time, high fours, and Zetner, there's a couple that shanked off three. Listen, and I'll say that was just one day. Listen, Rob, listen to what Chris is saying. <laughs> was, I mean, this he'll, your, he'll, was this your revenge on me because the size defense is going to look the same as that? <laughs> is that what this was? I mean, I was doing all right on this Monday. You had to bring Sipos up? It, it's. It, I mean, uh, he he, sh he showed some fight when he was getting carted off against the Giants. You know, going against he, the fans. That actually was bad. a really nice play he made. <laughs> I'm not even kidding you, man. It was like crazy athletic. He's, it was a nice play. He's taking touchdown, but yeah, um, get get used to the Coy Detmer number being on him for for the rest of the season. I think. Oh, well, he so you didn't go Coy Detmer. You yeah, didn't go there. Yeah, yeah. Hey, 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 he's one of my favorite. I'm going to throw myself under the bus on that once. But when watching this team when I was younger, Coy was my guy, you know, with the neck beard, the tooth, the toothbrush and the playbook going around. I'm like, oh, wow, they can get him and Ricky Williams. It'll be good. Ooh, that was awesome. <laughs> All right. One of the other things that I thought was fascinating you did last week was because we've seen this bite other teams and bite other guys. The, the, you know, the gambling thing's a fine line that these guys have to walk because we know how prevalent it is. 
in in sports period but you know the nfl too and, and some guys haven't quite figured out you know where that line is so what are the eagles doing to to educate their guys so they don't get you know nailed like some of these other players have it seems like they're taking it upon themselves because i asked i reached out to the nfl i still haven't heard back from them I reached out to the NFLPA and they declined to comment on that. But a lot of the education things, a lot, from what this, it sounds like, a lot of guys are better understanding what's allowed now. And that's why I think may have bit Detroit. And the Lions, they thought like, oh, well, I'm not betting on football, but you're still doing the facility. Too bad. Can't do it. It's like, basically, they're talking. And what a lot of the guys are saying is they're just like, not, don't take part in it at all to not even get caught up in it. Because last thing you need this team to do, especially with the Super Bowl aspirations, making a deep playoff run, is to get the better like six games to one of these to one of the main plays. Say if Devontae, say if Dallas, say Jalen, whatever, what have you. They do it, but they say one of those guys missed six games. That's probably costing you the one seed, maybe knock you all the way down to five seed. So yeah. they know what's going on with this. Trying to tell them, say, stay away from this. This is what if you do it, you don't really like it doing. But if you do it, stay as far as away. Go, go yeah. another stage like that for it. Stay far away from this facility. Do it. Don't bet on the Eagles forever. So. Yeah. yeah, it's a. I wish the league was doing. You kind of read between the lines, like if like if the league and NFLPA were trying to do more to educate us like earlier, maybe some of the stuff wouldn't happen. Right. I, I don't think you have to look any farther, especially today's players, at what happened to uh, Calvin Ridley, who basically <laughs> got a one-year death sentence uh, for for gambling. And and I think it comes down to this because I've covered this game for over four decade, decades. You have a contingent of players who think they are above and beyond the law and who are slick who think they have enough people surrounding them to shield them and i think it is as visible as this topic has become now i hate to say it i think you're going to have more players down the road that's going to get that are going to get caught for doing the same thing you just have some players who are not going to listen no matter what and it's unfortunate because it's going to be a player or a scenario where it may cost you a pivotal game in terms of positioning or playoff position altogether and it's funny you mentioned Calvin Ridley. Just think about that. They had that that deal that him getting suspended cost the Eagles from acquiring him. And then who knows what would have happened if he yes. did? You probably wouldn't have AJ Brown. The domino effect. Like Calvin Ridley. Who knows? Maybe Calvin Ridley did as well he can. It probably cost him month dollars not only for a regular contract endorsement deals and everything else because this team would have been going far. So in the end, it's not to risk try to get an extra five hundred thousand, two thousand dollars to risk your whole entire game checks and. and and season contracts like that, it, to me, it's not worth it. But some of these guys just need to throw or something. So. Well, I would, I'm, I'm, re I'm reading the story on the, uh, the Colts guy who just got in, and that looks like it's going to be serious because apparently he was betting on Colts games, which is, yeah. you know, you talk about this, that's a death sentence. But um, <clears throat> apparently he's betting like, you know, like 25 bucks, 50 bucks. And I get he wasn't making crazy money, but still, mm -hmm. like, dude, really? Is that worth it? I, I, I don't know, man. I, I don't get it. It's like, and then how many times it was probably like, I was going to try. I, I just want to know what he tried to bet on. Like, probably, I was trying to hit it. Like, you really wanted to risk all that stuff just to try to get, here's 200 bucks. Congratulations. Oh, yeah. By the way, you don't have a job probably because you got cut. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's not worth it. It's not worth it. Uh, Chris, last one from me. Uh, looking at the NFC East, um, I'm assuming you go Eagles first, but what's your pecking order? Like, who's two, who's three, who's four right now? I think the cap. I think right now I got the Cowboys going right now. I, just, I think it's going to come down to a tiebreaker for that one seed. It's going to be like less like we. I just. Well, said, I, I think the Eagles yeah. will be on the one side, and then the five. I think Cowboys will be five. I, I know this sounds crazy, but I think the Commanders are going to be a three and third finish third because I look at 
all the pieces around it. You got Eric, you got a competent offensive coordinator. You have all those pieces on deep, especially that defensive line. And you have those wide receivers with Dots, McLaurin. I, I, I just look at all those pieces around there. I know Howell's unproven, but if he just is, if he's even just a game manager, I think that team could be real decent. I think it'd be maybe sneaking into seven. I think they're that good with their roster. I think the Giants finished last. I, as I look around, I think Daniel Jones overperformed last season. I know Brian Dable does help out a lot. I mean, we see the you see what the decisions that Josh Allen made last year when Dable wasn't there when he came to the turning the ball over. I look at the Giants now, I see everything else they have. I'm just like, and in this division, I think the Giants finished in last place. Probably like something, and the crazy thing, it'd probably be like something like seven and nine. But Interesting. Like so Washington ahead of them. Hmm. Yeah. That's uh, what I, have okay. them there. I mean, I, I know Washington is touting a hell, but I, and I've said this a number of times, I think, Washington is in better hands if they put Jacoby Brissett in there. I mean, he's not a world beater, but he can win you some games. And, and as you just talked about, the wealth of talent they have on both sides of the football. If I'm that team, especially we've been down for so long, I want the best opportunity to do some damage and get some respect. And I think Brissett, with just his veteran presence, would give him that. Yeah. I mean, just all, all they need to do is – if Washington scores 20, 23 points a game, I think they can win a lot of games. I really think so. I think you could do that with that offense that they have and that yep. defense basically putting pressure. Basically, if they copied the same formula the Eagles use, getting up early, using the pass rush to force the issue in the second half, and they, we've seen them do it before, and then we know that run game can right. be efficient enough when they get it, they can be good. So they, they're going, it's going to be a tough out going against them, I think, for wow. Eagles this year. Yeah, it's a tough division, man. There's some good divisions. You know, the NFC East, the AFC East, we were talking about this, the AFC North is nasty. There, there's some yeah. really good divisions this year for sure. Yeah. Meanwhile, the NFC South, like, guys, please relate, help us out. Creamsicles <laughs> are coming back. Make us, make us relevant. Atlanta. NFC South Atlanta. not going back. <laughs> Just watch Atlanta. I'm telling you right now. They're going to be dangerous, I think. All right, Chris, great stuff, man. Keep up the good work. Appreciate uh, you, man. Tell everybody to follow Chris uh, on Twitter at C Franklin News. Chris, thanks for a couple minutes, man. Keep up the good work. Appreciate it, guys. Thank you. Y'all have a good one now. Uh, All right, man. That is is Chris Franklin from NJ.com. Interesting, Gunner. Giants in last place. I thought that was – most people would go Washington. Most. But it's not crazy because I think that could – those bottom two could be either way, man. Um, I I agree. I think Washington has a little bit more talent – um, especially in the skill skill position on offense, you know, um, I, I give I give the Giants the the running back and the quarterback, but in terms of line wide receivers, the depth at the running back position I think is better than watch Washington at Washington. I think obviously the Giants have the better feature back, although you know, Saquon looked like Saquon of old last year. He's still not the Saquon of his rookie campaign, coming off that type of knee injury that he had. Um, my biggest question mark is what was what Dabo did with Daniel Jones in year one? Was it a fluke or is this exactly what Dabo did with Josh Allen? We saw him do it in year one, making Daniel Jones a steadier player, a player who does not turn the football over. And that equated in the Giants finding a way to slip into the playoffs. With Washington, the only big question mark is who's quarterback in the team? Plain and simple. We don't know anything about this Howell kid at this level. We know Brissett is a is a serviceable backup who can win you a few games. How does Washington perceive it in terms of who's the right man to lead them in the battle this season? That's gonna that's gonna say a lot. 
No, I agree. NFL Network or NFL Game Day put out a, a, an interesting tweet. Um, so, which is not super surprising, I guess. But with Saquon, they were three points better uh, than without him last year. They averaged about twenty per game uh, since twenty eighteen. So going back that far, um, you know, as a team, he's his he's going to be a key to this whole thing. This is one of the reasons why we have Pat Leonard coming on at two o'clock from the New York daily news, because if that thing blows up or there's hard feelings or he just plays on the tag, you know, and potentially could be leaving, that's a big deal because, you know, look, let's, let's be honest. Daniel Jones had a nice year for them. Take nothing away from him, but he needs really strong complimentary pieces around him. I think he's that kind of quarterback. So if they end up losing Saquon, that, that would be a really big deal for that team. You know, every year, every year we, um, we hear one or two players who are disgruntled about the franchise tag, don't show up for voluntaries, don't show up for mandatories and come out with a statement saying, you know, I'm no, I don't know if I'm going to play this year. I may have to sit out. And then all of a sudden things are, um, are, are rectified. The Giants' biggest issue is how do you financially structure this? And the reason I say that is I saw an interesting uh, from and- Andrew. Uh, no, it wasn't Andrew. It was, um, let's see here. I uh, saw a quote on Twitter said the Giants currently have five players who are in the conversation to be top three players at their positions. Right. Okay. You yep. have Saquon, obviously. You have the left tackle, Andrew Thomas. You have Dexter Lawrence. We know what he is. Uh, Daniel Jones, I think, is a stretch. But then you have Darren Waller tied in. That's a very feasible possibility as well. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, when these players emerge as your top players in the league in positions or among them, you also got to find a way to pay them down the road. Now, right now, you have you have them under contract, uh, except Saquon says, I'm not playing under that franchise tag. If, if the Giants are like every other team, eventually they will find a way to get this done. Now, Saquon has said – now, so, so basically Saquon has put it in the Giants' court. He has said, I'm not looking to be the highest-paid player at my position. I'm not looking to set, set historic records. I want to be compensated fairly for what I contribute to this team. Okay, so now it's uh, the onus is on the Giants to get something done, and you have until mid-July to make that happen. I don't think the Giants want to go into a season without Saquon Barkley in that backfield. I don't. I agree you know? with you. Yeah, I agree with you. And I, I, I think in some ways, look, he's tried to keep it on, you know, between them, and he, he's pretty aware of what's happening with the Giants in terms of leaking stuff. He's, he's ticked off. And I think this is a really smart play by him to sort of throw it back in their court. So what he yeah. said was, I'm not looking to reset the market. You never heard that come from me. Um, I'm looking to get paid, con- you know, fairly yep. and all that. So yep. I think he's he, he's taking the really smart approach, which I'm not surprised. He's, he's a classy guy, uh, you know, Saquon is. All right, let's, uh, let's get a timeout here, Gunner. Again, 2 o'clock, Pat Leonard will be joining us. We'll talk a lot of NFL. We're going to do our go through our top five rookies from the 2022 class in the NFL. We'll come back. We'll get a little bit more on the Phillies who took, uh, who took two out of three over the weekend against the LA Dodgers. He's Derek Gunn. I'm Rob Ellis. We are sports take Jacob sports YouTube network. Let's talk about Jim Murray and principal financial group, because let's face it. It's a challenge to find the right person that you trust with your hard earned money. Okay. You don't want to just turn it over to anybody. You got to make sure you're there. It's in the right hands because your future is everything. Uh, take whether it's yourself, your family, whatever the case may be. I went through a lot of different people that I, that I really quite frankly wasn't satisfied with. And Jim Murray and principal financial group 
have been absolutely phenomenal for me and my family, whether it's retirement planning, 401k review, insurance review. You might have a small business and you're trying to get your employee benefits off the ground. That's another resource that Jim can help you with. I personally entrusted my IRA, my 401k rollovers with Jim, and I couldn't be any happier. You will be as well. Give him a call. 610-996-4751. 610-996-4751. Or you could email him, Murray, M-U-R-R-A-Y, dot Jim at principal.com. That's Murray, dot Jim at principal.com. run wild and time stands still because here you can find the best of the Jersey Shore all on one five mile island so leave the old you behind and get lost in the woods in Southeastern PA in Delaware with Colony Pools this football season. And let the experts close your pool with a custom Merlin safety cover in green for the birds. And if you join our winter watch team, we'll give you another 20% off and Colony Pools will handle it all. Keep your tiles on your pool, not in your pool. Fly with Colony right now, birds fans. Visit flywithcolony.com. Hi everybody, my name is Jason Lombardi. I'm an inspector at DryTech. At DryTech we offer three major services. The first one being basement waterproofing. The second service we offer is foundation and structural repairs. And then the third service that we offer is mold remediation. If you feel you are having a waterproofing issue, give DryTech a call or check us out online. E-A-G-L-E-S, Eagles. We're back. What's up, everybody? Thanks for hanging out with us on this Monday. This is our 277th show, but who's counting? We are Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. I thought I'd sneak that one in there and you wouldn't even react to that, Derek Gunn, but you, you're muted. You're, it's there you Monday. Go. 
Yes, yes. I'm starting. I'm starting the week off right. You know, you can't slip that stuff past me, man. You know, <laughs> when it comes to names, I'm horrible with names. I, I mean, brutal to the point. People I worked with for 20 years, I couldn't tell you their names. But when it comes to, like I said, stats, phone numbers, credit card numbers, statistics, former addresses, and stuff like that. Um, even family members, social security numbers other than mine. They're like, how do you remember this stuff? I don't know. When it comes to numbers, I'll, even when I was a, teen, a teenager, numbers st- always stick in my mind. People's names, they come and go. I, yeah. I know. You- I, isn't it weird what, what sticks in your brain? There, There is I certain know. stuff. I like, I wish we had the ability to delete some of the nonsense that we just don't need that sticks with you. Just to give no, you no. more bandwidth, man. It's just, it, but it ain't the way. That ain't the way it works, man. I, I, I will tell you that. Some, uh, of the, some of the silliest stuff ever. We seem to remember more than we need. We, we, we remember important stuff, important dates, important timelines. Yeah, you know. yeah, I hear uh, you. Uh, uh, oh, by the way, I, I wanted to point this out. So, um, unfortunately, there were some layoffs with the athletic, um, yeah. and one of the, the the folks that was laid off was Rich Hoffman Jr. and yeah, he put this out publicly, so I'm not speaking out of turn. Um, Rich we, we, is a frequent contributor to the show, uh, Talking Sixers, and he did um, really great work with The Athletic uh, covering the Sixers on a daily yes. basis. And unfortunately, this is a byproduct of, of the business that we, you know, we're, we're involved in. And, you know, Derek and I have lived this, too, and it sucks. And uh, I'm sorry to hear that for for not only Rich, but for everybody uh, involved who, who lost their jobs. So, uh, just thinking of those folks. So it's a shame. It's a shame. And, and, you know, um, Rich, Rich will bounce back. He'll bounce yeah. back. Yep. Um, matter of fact, uh, is ESPN is going through, you know, basically a bloodletting right now, yep. Well, not just ESPN because Disney, Disney is mandated. They want 3000 jobs cut by the end of this summer, you know, it started in April and we just saw like Neil Everett, you know, who'd been there 23 years, one of their main anchors, Yep. Was just let go, and more are coming, more more so people behind the scenes than in front of, in front of the camera. But you know, Disney, you know, uh, under their current leadership, you know, when you combine all of their properties, they want a total of three thousand jobs, which will equal uh, however they can get to five point five billion dollars deleted from their um, equation. That's what they want to do, and unfortunately, a lot of good, talented people are going to fall by the wayside. Yeah, it is. It stinks. It stinks. So we're thinking of those folks. Um, that's for sure. Oh, Eagles note here. Uh, tickets for single games and public practice go on sale tomorrow, Derek. The the open practice during training camp is scheduled for August 6th at wow. the link. And, th- and those tickets are 10 bucks and they go right to Eagles autism uh, research. But that's that game is is that's the op- that's the lone shot as, as a fan that you get to see them, unfortunately. Uh, but, the, but single season, or si- single game tickets go on sale too. So if you're looking to get to a birds game, uh, and you're looking to lock up your tickets or lock down your tickets, do it now, uh, do it now, uh, or starting tomorrow, at least. Speaking of single game tickets, did you see that report where the cheap seats for tonight's Denver game starting at like $1,200? Really? For cheap no. seats. Jeez. Well, they haven't won one. The Nuggets have never won one. No, no. Not this in the NBA. And they're capitalizing on this big time. And I guarantee you that place is going to be packed because as we know, Rob, in sports, when you have significant moments like this in history of sports, everybody wants to say they were there to see it firsthand. Not watch it on TV, not listen to it on a radio. But And, and as we also know, 
I remember one of the greatest lines I ever heard was this was years ago. It, it said, you know, most of the people that probably say they were there probably lying. They were at home watching it on TV. Oh, my yeah. God. I remember, like, I did a show one time. Uh, the, Sixer, the Sixers were celebrating. I forget what anniversary it was. I think it was the 50th anniversary, 40th anniversary of, or something when Will Chamberlain had 100 points, right? Whatever it was. Yep. So we were, I was doing a show for WIP on it and I had, it was great. It was fun. We had a lot of, a lot of people, people who played with Will and, and the whole thing. Right. So you, the amount of people that claimed they were at this game, Derek, first yeah. of all, it was in Hershey, right. Number one in, in, in a small arena, it, 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 but you know how it is. Like as time goes on, it's just like, yeah, I was there. I was there. Sure you were. Okay. Uh, but yeah, there's pro- Joey B I know is in Denver. And he said the price gauging is nuts, uh, you know, for, for, but that's what teams do. Yes. You know, um, it, it's just the, the, he said standing room is, is at least is minimum 200. So uh, look, is it worth it? I think it's a pretty cool thing to be able to be there and watch the celebration, but you pay 1200 to sit in the nosebleed and they don't win. A little rough. That's a little rough, um, you know, for sure. But that's a chance you take. Would you pay? Would you pay that kind of money to go see Denver play tonight? I wouldn't pay twelve hundred bucks. No, nope. I would not pay that for a ticket. I can't, I just I'm not in a position to do that. So no, I would not. The answer well, is I. Even if you were in a position to do it, would you pay it? Yes. Would you? I would. Yeah, I would. I would. If I was in the position to do it, yeah, I would. I mean, like that's. A, I would do it more or less. I I would. I'd want to go with my son. Like I would want him to, it's more for him to experience it. When I was a kid, I got to experience this kind of stuff because the Philadelphia teams were decent when I was a kid. And then we went on a really, it was bad for a while, but I'd like him to experience that kind of thing. Yeah. I think that'd be cool. Mm. I would, I would, I mean, look, if you're talking about money's no object, would I, would I throw that kind of money out there for sure? Yeah, I would. Well, if I was sitting courtside and I got a free ticket, I would go. (laughs) <laughs> but I'm not paying it. I'm not, like I said, I don't want to have to be there two hours early and leave before the game is over because you know if 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 they win it tonight, which we fully expect that place, the rafters are coming down. Yeah. There's going to be congestion all around the, the arena. It's going to take you forever to get out of there. I'm not very patient when it comes to trying to get from point A to point B. Yeah, That would be the last place I'd want to be if, if Denver clinches it tonight. So I know for a fact I would not pay that kind of money. Well, let, let me put it this way. I listen, I'm I have a very low tolerance level for traffic anymore at, at this age. Okay. So I hear you with that. Yes. Like I I have almost like phobic when it comes to traffic. I'm I'm like you know, I'm bad with traffic. So I would almost have to resign myself to, hey dude, you're just you're just gonna sit there and, and suck it up, you know, and you and you're gonna have to sit in traffic. If it's a one-time shot where they win it, I could live with it. But other than that, I'm with you. I generally try to avoid it at all costs. Look, here's the other part of this. And this is a sports – I was having this discussion with my buddy over the weekend. Right, right. TVs are so great now. The flat screen and the picture that you get, the quality, you feel like you're at the game. Honest to God. And to be able to sit on my couch and have my my chips and my bathroom is right there and I can do whatever I want is a – pretty tempting way to go for for sporting events for me and on top of that we now have the capability of 
freezing it. If you have to make a run to the bathroom, run outside, somebody rings your doorbell, you know, you got to take care of some other issue. You don't miss anything. Or if it's still rolling, you can rewind it now and yep. look at it again and then get caught up at your own leisure. Yep. You know, I got this, I got this big 82 inch screen over, over my fireplace. Dude, let me tell you, and have this, have the surround sound bar on there. Oh. Dude, I don't need to be in a stadium. I don't, I don't need to be in a stadium and watch a game. I really don't. Yeah. You know, I'm with I don't you. need Look, to be there elbow to elbow, re, you rah rah. Uh, I got everything I need right at the comfort of my fridge, right my right my mini fridge right there. Yeah. I'm good. Yeah, I'm I good. Know, I know. And look, I think I think Mr. Taz is, is calling me uh, an old guy for that stance. I, I got you. I got you. Uh, um, you remember your back medicine, Grandpa? Yeah, and, look, I, and I hear you. I hear you. It does come off that way. I get it. Um, there, look, there is something. That's all that said. There is a special element to being like in the crowd when everybody's, you know, into it and it, they're going crazy. And and there, I'm not denying that. There, there is a special, you know, feeling to that. However, it is, it is, um, to say you were there for that historic moment. You're you're right. There is, but you know, as you get to a certain point, especially when you do what we, we do, you know? Yeah. I've covered enough big games in my lifetime, you know? Um, I've, I've, I've weeded and weaved my way through traffic for years. I'm past that now. Right. I'm past that. Yeah. I hear you. I, I, I want to. I, I can sit there and text with my boys while we're watching the game and, and, and battle pros and cons of what we're watching, you know, and jaw jack, you know, you're losing, you're winning, ah, you know. Um, what else do I need, man? I got you. Listen, I hear you. I, I, look, to each their own, if that's, it, it, you know, and again, I, I think it depends, like Joey's saying, like Denver's not as, as, congested as Philly. I, okay, I get you. I got you. Whatever. I mean, again, I, I don't fault anybody for, for going either way with this thing. And, and tickets are pricey, man. That's a real commitment when you're a season ticket holder and you, you know, that's your hard earned pay. I, 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 I appreciate people for doing that. All right. I, let's I, uh, yeah. I, I, I will say this. Okay. Uh, who was it? that said, okay. Denver's not okay. Joey B you're yeah. right. It is only 650, 700,000 people. Yeah. What is the arena seat? 20,000. Maybe I don't know. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. know the yeah, I don't okay, know. let's say anywhere from eighteen to twenty-two, twenty-three thousand. You know it's going to be packed. Number one. Now the trend in in, in um, stadiums around the country is they open it up so you have a contingent outdoors to get to watch it on a big screen. So that's that right. another volume of people that are there more so than a downtown area. They want to be in the parking lot now. Mm-hmm. I'm not doing that, man. No, no. I hear you. That's like Pac-Man trying to weave your way through all this mess. Uh, no, forget. I'm, I'm done. I'm done. I got you. I got you. Makes a lot of sense. Um, all right. So a couple other uh, odds and ends here, just to uh, back to the Phillies and what's been going on. So mentioned they were five and one in the homestand. Yep. You know, a couple interesting stats to throw your way. Bryson Stott's having a really nice year for them in general. He's hitting 345 with two outs. Um, he's also the best two-strike hitter in major league baseball, this is second year guy. That's impressive. It is. is. You know, sometimes, especially when you have a talented roster like this, you know, a younger player can be overwhelmed, you know, by the moment and just happy to fit in. First of all, I'm just happy to make the big league roster and I'm on a big league roster that, that, that that went to the world series last year. You can easily become overcome. He's found his niche in a hurry. You Mm -hmm. know, he is as much a reason for, the success this team has had this year when they've had it, 
as anybody on this team. And, and now some of the uh, some of the other guys are starting to come out of hibernation. As June rolled around, Schwarber, mm-hmm. uh, Trey Turner are starting to come out of hibernation now. I mean, this team is already seven and three in the month of June. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's encouraging. Hey, it's what they did last year, right? Well, all right. So Turner in June, it's ten game sample size, three seventeen average. Yep. 349 on base, 537 slugging. He's got three doubles, two home runs, five runs driven in, and two stolen bases. This is exactly the guy they gave that monster deal to um, now. Yes. And then couple that with Schwarber doing what he generally does in June. Castellanos, who's been an all-star all year, Derek, uh, I will full full props. Uh, you know, My I get out of him. Yeah, you've been with him. Uh, two for five yesterday, home run yesterday. How about this? You ready for this? He's now got eight home runs already as we sit here on June. What are we at? 12th? He's got 12 already. He had eight August 2nd of last year. Almost two months difference there. And and he's been awesome. He's been awesome. He's hitting the ball with authority. He's hitting all fields. And you know what? He's playing a decent outfield also. You know, I have to give him props for his defense. He's played he's played a pretty decent very good defense. defense. Yep. Yeah. You know, so his all-around game is starting to be the game that we thought it was going to be last season, which didn't really materialize. The defensive aspect of his game didn't really materialize until it got to the playoffs. Mm-hmm. But he's making all these great diving catches and stuff like that. But um offensively now, it's catching up to his defense and making him that player he was a couple of years ago. Yeah. Uh Turner. Maybe, maybe there's truth to the fact that the World Baseball Classic took something out of him. Yeah. You know, considering, you know, this was a time when players, you know, slowly but surely gradually start to build up momentum to go to spring training and get ready for a season. Man, he was at full bore, you know, playing, playing, you know, competitive baseball. And maybe because of that lost time, just to let your mind and your body heal, maybe it caught up with him and it's taken him a little bit longer than it's – Anybody could have expected to come out of this uh, tailspin. But yeah. you know what? If what we're now becoming par for the course, thank goodness he came out of this in June instead yeah, right. of coming out of it late September. Yeah, you good know? point. Yeah, Barbara asked who, who's the one Philly who I, who you would uh, you know be on the all-star team. Without question, it, it's, it, it's, it's Castellanos. Castellanos. Like, with, with, yeah. Without a doubt. But John makes an interesting point. I think Harper can get there. He just had, you know, he was behind the, yes. the eight ball because he missed time early. But, Absolutely. you know, you look at his production since. Real Muto's been way too hot and cold. Um, I think he's in trouble there. I, th- I thought Alvarado could have had he not gotten hurt. That that set him back. But I would say right now, Castellanos, without a doubt, Harper's got a shot. Yep. That's probably it. That's probably it. I, I don't, that's I don't right. think, Yeah, I mean, that's fine. Whatever. I don't I don't. Who gets worked up about that stuff? It's not a big deal. You know? <laughs> it's, it's I know really somebody not. gets worked up. Me. Well, well, here's something. All right, there's a lot of good. So I wanted to be clear that there's a lot of good. Yeah. There, there, yep. there's something we need to we need to address here uh, that isn't good, and and that's Aaron Nola. And he had another bad outing Saturday, Derek. And you know, it, it's been a year where from start to start, you have no idea what you're getting from. He'll go three innings where he looks like the most untouchable pitcher in baseball. Then just implode. A lot of it when he's got two outs. A lot of it when he's got two strikes on a guy. Yep. And then the other team just just goes off. 
So we had a circumstance on Saturday, where he, and he's been doing this all year, where he'll call for a, another ball. For people who aren't familiar uh, with, with this, it's, it's really, in some ways, I'm not saying it isn't legit sometimes, but guys use it as a ploy to slow down the pitch clock. So you get um, 15 when there's nobody on, 20 when there's a guy on, okay, or multiple guys on. And Nola was doing it a lot Saturday. Finally, the umpire wouldn't reset the clock. And he was called for a ball. And then Rob Thompson came out. And I really believe, Derek, this was strictly Thompson having his back. Got ejected. Went off, got ejected. Nola didn't even really deny it that much after the game. Bottom line, sift through all this. Yeah, yeah. You've known all offseason that this is what it was. You knew all spring training. We're now two-plus months into the season. Like, no more excuses for Aaron Nola. Like, adapt or die. I mean, do you want to be a, a, a T-Rex? Do you want to be a dinosaur who, who, right. can't, who can't make the, the transition here? He's got to be better than this, period. Or else, like, uh, if you're asking me the biggest concern about this team, hands down, it's him. Way, we, way bigger than thought, the slow offensive starts. And I never thought we'd say that uh, before the season started, that Aaron Nola would be one of the biggest problems on this team. You know what, Rob? Every time he steps on a hill now, I think he's costing himself money in terms of negotiations after this season? Yeah. I really do. For yeah. a guy who wanted a big contract, and I thought, based on what we've just seen of Aaron Nola throughout his career, he was going to get paid well. Now I think teams are going to use that as leverage against him to the point where he may end up getting a one-year deal. Now there may be a team out there desperate enough, uh, like in Oakland, uh, a Detroit, they may offer more money, but does Aaron Nola want to go to Oakland or Detroit after this season? No. Aaron Nola wants to be in a position to compete to go to the playoffs in the World Series. If I'm the Phillies, I'm looking at it right now as, hey, if he continues along this line, we can take that money that he wants and go get us another pitcher that proved himself in 2023. Now, granted, that same pitcher may bomb in 24, but that's a risk we're willing to take right now. I'm not giving Aaron Nola that kind of money based on what we saw of him this year. Yeah, I'm with you, especially if this trend keeps up. I mean, you don't know. Maybe he's just one of these guys who's not going to be able to adapt. I, I don't know. Um, but it's frustrating. It really is. It's frustrating. And he's, he's letting them down because guys like Taiwan Walker, you know, to their credit, and I know he only went five yesterday, but his last two yep. starts, he's gone 12 innings with no runs allowed. Uh, yep. you know, Wheeler looked like Wheeler. We're seeing these guys start to come around a little bit here and he's the one who's not pulling his weight. Um, for them. So he's got to be better. Uh, that much is for sure. Well, Barbara Carroll brings up a good point. There was no pitch clock last year. Well, you know what, Barbara, there's a, you can say that about every pitcher in the major, in the majors. And you look at some of the pitchers that have thrived in this, it hasn't affected a lot of the better pitchers in the game. It's not right. like they decided to do this right before the first game of the season. You got a whole spring training to get ready for this. So that mental clock that you needed to reset, it should have been taken care of. You had enough time to time to pitch in spring training to get used to this, whether you're pitch, pitching in a game, um, a, a bullpen session, whatever the case may be. There's plenty of time to get ready for this. Pitchers cannot use that as an excuse. You can't. Yeah. I, like, I get, again, I'll go back. If, you, if you're in spring training and you're, you're kind of having, okay, I understand that. It's very new to you at that point. It's not that new. And the other part, Derek, is remember how much we worried about Bryce Harper? Because Bryce Harper was a guy yeah. who took forever to get up to the plate, the batting gloves, the whole, you know, all that, all those things. He's done all right, and he didn't even have a spring training. You know yeah. what I mean? So, like, I don't want to hear it. Like, And I'm not saying Barbara's saying that, but I'm just saying generally. Right. There's no excuse. Like, give me a break. you got to adapt to this kind I of stuff. Can, 
I couldn't agree with you more. You've had plenty of time uh, for everything involved, for every rule change that has been implemented this year. Um, you should be in a comfort zone now. We're all, we're approaching mid mid June. You know, two and over two and a half months into the season, you should have a comfort zone in all facets of the changes around baseball now, to where you cannot even, you can't use that as an excuse. You know how much time you have to step in a batter's box. You know how many chances you have to step out, mound visits, so on and so forth. You know, um, people talk about the, the bases being bigger. Okay, look at a team like the Dodgers. Dodgers are running all over everybody. I think they have 40, 42, 43 stolen bases this year. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so, you know, and, and they, they figure out the pitch clock as well. Good teams you know, adapt. Look at that. Look at the jumps they were getting on. Look at the jumps they were getting on bases against the Phillies pitchers. Yeah. They, they figured it out. I know. So you got to figure it out. You got, you know what? You, you got to play the ball the way it's played or go home. Play the mm-hmm. You play the game or go home. Yeah, well said. All right, let me give you these. Uh, let me hit the standings, and I'll update you on where things are with the All Star voting. So, uh, Miami's been really hot. Miami's won uh, eight of their last ten too. You, you got really the top three teams in the NL, NL East are playing good baseball. The Braves have won eight of ten. The the Marlins have won eight of ten, and the Phillies have won seven of ten. So the Phillies are in third right now. The Mets are having all kinds of issues, injuries, and poor play and whatnot. They've lost eight of ten. Uh, Phillies are in third. They're behind Atlanta and Miami, Arizona. I mentioned this a little bit earlier. They're 40 and 25. They're in first place in the NL West. Uh, they've won eight of 10, five in a row third tied for the third best record in baseball. Derek, in fact, they beat the Phillies 12 out of the last 15 times that they've played. So my goodness, yeah, there, there's some work to be done. Um, and as you mentioned, I'll give you, I'll just set you up for here with what the pitching matchups look like here. Right now, we don't know exactly what this is going to look like for the Phillies. It's going to be one of those bullpen opener. Strom is going to start. We know that. Uh, What happens after that, we'll see. And how deep he goes, we'll see. But you go Strom, start this one tonight. Then it's Wheeler tomorrow. Then it's Ranger Suarez, who's looked really good. And then it's Nola. So that's who you have. They're the last three of this series. Yeah. So, yeah, we'll see if those guys can get their act together. But that's uh, that's where things are. All right, all-star. at least for the DHs right now, Harper's second. He's behind JD Martinez from the Dodgers. Okay. So he's second in votes there. Um, you got Real Muto's fifth. Castellanos is ninth for outfielders. Bohm is seventh for third baseman. And, and Trey Turner is sixth. Now, there has to be a representative from every team. Every so team, even yeah. if that, nobody gets voted in, uh, I have no doubt it'll be Castellanos right now, barring any kind of serious change. So I, if, if I was a betting man, I would bet with you that my guy, Castellanos, is that guy. If he continues <laughs> on the street. You, know. you have stayed You have stayed true to him. You have stayed true to him, yes. He came, I have not. He started, to come through, he started to come through in the playoffs last year. Much of the season, I was like you. I wouldn't say yeah. it, but I see you just give him time. He started to come come through in the playoffs, and it has carried over into this season. Has, I love his great year. Before he yeah, became no. a Philly, I this game. Well, he, uh, you're right. And the other thing, he's played very good outfield uh, for them, which is really yes. surprising. But he has, he has uh, for sure. All right, let's get a timeout, uh, and then we will come back two o'clock. Pat Leonard from the New York Daily News. We'll talk to him about uh, Saquon Barkley's situation. The Eagles. Uh, he is a Philadelphian. Uh, he grew up in the Philadelphia area, but he, he covers the Giants, so he keeps a close eye on the birds. So we'll talk NL- NFC East with him as well. We come back, Derek. We're going to do a little uh, with, with the NBA finals tonight with the Sixers, you know, hiring a coach, uh, an assistant coach. 
we are going to draft our top five current NBA players. Top Jeez. five current, not not all time. But we're going to go today. Guys that are playing today, we'll do that when we come back, and then we'll do our NFL stuff at two o'clock. So you don't want to go anywhere. He's Derek. I'm Rob. We're Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. Appreciate you hanging with us. Let's talk a little pro action restoration. You say, who's what's pro action restoration do? Well, they're the place that you call if you go through the pain, the inconvenience of fire, of smoke damage, of of if you need mold remediation, if you have a water problem, any of that kind of stuff happens to you. They are the place to turn to. The great thing, one of the many great things about pro action restoration is they're on call 24 hours, seven days a week to assist you. So you got a problem on a Saturday. You got a problem on a Thursday night. You got a problem on Thanksgiving. They will be there uh, and they will assist. I've gone through it on a Saturday and they got out to my parents' house and it was a great experience. They, they cleaned everything up. They fixed the problem. The price was right. The crew was professional, clean the whole nine. They are licensed, bonded, and fully insured. They've been serving the tri-state area for more than two decades. Pro Action Restoration uh, will work in conjunction with your insurance company. So again, if it's water, if it's fire, if it's smoke damage, any of those kind of things, they can help you with it. Give them a call. 610-623-3760. 610-623-3760 or online. ProActionRestoration.com. That's ProActionRestoration.com. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. And the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. The greatest fans on earth. It's a bold statement, but would you expect anything less from Philadelphia? 58 years of heartache creates a toughness, a grit, a resolve not found in most. Sure, our prayers were answered, but now that we've had a taste, we're looking for more. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. Go passionately, go fearlessly, go confidently. Go birds! <clears throat> go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction, go with trust. Go birds! And go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. All right, did you know I was the Mommy Slam Dunk champion? Really? <laughs> yes, really, don't sound so surprised. Let's see it. Oh, you're ready, all right, here we go. Let's hear the crowd. So go to Reddit, go to Love Cafe, come on. Mama, go up, up, up. She did it. Again? You can't avoid gravity, but United Healthcare can help you avoid financial surprises by helping you compare costs and doctor quality ratings. United Healthcare. Uh-huh. Anymore. 
We are back. What's up, everybody? Derek Gunn, Rob Ellis, hanging out with you Monday, Monday, June 12th. Uh, all right, got a couple things. Uh, NBA Finals tonight. Um, I think we're both on board. We think it's it, it's looking like the, uh, the Nuggets. One thing that may help the Heat, uh, it, it looks like there's a possibility that Tyler Hero plays in this game. Um, he's been out with yeah. those broken fingers. And it's basically coming down to a pain tolerance. He's warmed up before a bunch of these games and hasn't quite been able to go. They, yep. This one apparently looks a little bit more promising. I mean, what what he brings to the table, certainly an offensive jolt. Uh, the question is, how much rust is there? Can he handle the ball if guys are reaching and slapping and hitting that, you know, those fingers? And, you know, what's he going to give you on the defensive side of it as well? But it could it's something. It's a little jolt, at least, that they could use. Well, it, it looks a little bit more promising because they're in a desperate situation, you know. Yep. If this if this um, series was two two instead of three one, uh, they probably would have given them another game before they attempted something like this. But hey, you know Miami Miami knows it, it's an uphill battle, and I don't know if they they can be able to get to the mountaintop, um, even if Hero plays. Because you're right, there's a lot of wear and tear. You know, game shape. He's missed a lot of time off. You got game shape. You're gonna have to monitor his min- minutes, and if that's the case, how much is it going to affect your rotation? You know, Eric Spolster's rotation um, and when he when he had to bring guys in and out, you know, as well. I, I just think I wish it would go. I wish it would go to distance. I really do. Yeah. Just to see it play out like that. But I think it's overdue. I really I do. just, you know, as a fan of the sport, I, I want to I want to see as many games as I could possibly see, <clears throat> you know, before right. it goes away. I think I know the answer to this. I'm just thinking of this right now as we're doing this. Yeah. But uh which, if you could rank and order the sports that it hurts most when they end, I mean, you're going NFL one, right? I would have to say NFL because you only what, play what would be one your two. Week. Huh? What would be your number two if that were the case? For me, it would be it would be a, a baseball World Series. Okay. I love basketball, but I, I love my baseball. So I would have to say baseball World Series. Well, it's just a baseball season. Yes, you have 162 regular season games, a long, drawn-out playoff format. But for, for me, um, it's like it's over. I understand it goes to late October, early November. Um, and, and I love the NBA, but I just think, for me, it's, it's baseball. That's just my personal preference. I would probably go – NFL, I would definitely go NFL one. It's a real right. close toss up for me, baseball or NBA at two. Okay. The thing that makes baseball, there's Mr. Taz's order, NFL, MLB, uh, NHL, NBA. Yep. The thing that makes baseball, as much as I get bummed out, but it ends and at least I have football already underway, makes True. it a little softer. True. True. NBA, I'm probably going to go NBA two. I would go NFL, NBA, MLB, NHL. That would be okay. my order. Yeah. But okay. it's it, it's always a bummer. I, I just like to if you love sports, you want to see them keep going. Exactly, uh, that's for sure. All right. So if we if you were Derek, you were you're on the clock, man, and yep. you're drafting your five. You get five, and you could go. It's up to you. I don't. I should have probably clarified this. Did you go positionless or did you did you go positions? I just went positionless. I, I just good. picked five players. Good, good. I did the same thing. Okay. So if, if, if this is present day. Who would your five be if you had your you had five choices of anybody mm. in the league? Who would who would it be for you? Uh, I definitely would start with Jokic. Would yep. be one. Yep. Um, then I'd pick Giannis, number two. 
Steph Curry's got to be on my team. He's, he might be 34, 35, but he's still a mad bomber. Most accurate three-point shooter in the history of the game. So I got to have Steph Curry on my team as well. Um, I also want Damian Lillard on my team. Mm. I love his game. Uh, he's a sharp shooter as well. Um, it's a shame he's being wasted away in Portland the way he is, but I love his overall game. Um, so he's on there. Now it comes down to number five. And I'm torn between like six players when it comes to number five. Uh, whoever I pick, people are going to say, what? Are you serious? Yeah. Um, I'm going to go with – now, I have to say this. I left three players off my list, Kawhi Leonard, Kevin Durant, Paul George, because they're injured too much. I'm okay. on the floor. I don't need them in a tub. So I left those three off, off my list. Yeah. Uh, number five. I got shooters. I got I got defenders. I need a combination of the two. I'm gonna take Jason Tatum. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That's I know a good he shooter. came up. I know he yeah. came up small a couple of games, but with Jason Tatum is on his game. I love Jason Tatum's game. All right. All right. Good. Look. Good. Good choices. Very similar. To start, what? similar, not exact. We're, okay. I know we're we're usually you know close here. We are close. Joker, Giannis, yep. Tatum, yep. And I'm with you. Like part of me was like, I don't like the way he finished, but there's too much talent there, and he's still too yeah. young. Yeah. I went Devin Booker. I just I, love Booker's yeah. game. Yes. Yeah, and I I I really like. Am I trying to win right now? If so, do I want LeBron? Do I want Durant? Can I trust that Durant can stay healthy? I That's why I omitted Durant, too, because I just don't feel like he's going to hold up. And I went Curry. It actually kind of worked out where, it, from a position standpoint, like I could go Joker at the five, Giannis at the yep. four, Tatum at the three, yep. you know, combo of Booker and Curry playing in the backcourt. But I get the shooting and the scoring – and a distributor with Joker and the dominance with Tatum. And, uh, you know, it was tough. It wasn't easy, but that's what I, that was what I went with. I'm, I'm surprised, but I'm not surprised. We both left Joel and beat off our list. I know. I love him as a player. I love him, but he's too inconsistent. You don't know when you're going to have him. And, you know, he gets real small in big games, you know, and, you know, here, here's the other guy. Here's the two, four, here are the five I left off my list. Um, Jalen Brown, great defender and can shoot the three. I love Jalen Brown. Yep. Julius Randle is a great scorer. Mm-hmm. Could have put him on there. Uh, Luka Doncic, I left him off. He finished second in the league in scoring this year. Doesn't play defense. Uh, Devin Booker. And the one I really wanted to put on, but as Charles Barkley would say, he's a knucklehead, is Ja Morant. I think he's an electric talent, but he's going to kill his career. I don't want anybody on my team that's going to embarrass my organization, and right now John Moran can't figure out whether he wants to be a professional businessman or one of the boys hanging yep. out with his boys. I think John Moran is one of the best upcoming young talents in the game today, but I can't put him on my list. The other guys that we put on our list basically have been model citizens. For you know, you think? Oh about yeah, it. yeah. You never hear anything any of those guys. No, no, no. absolutely not. So, well, I'm with you. Yeah. Like, yeah. If you if you if we did this. If we did this list going into next, uh, going into this past season, John Morant would be on the list for me. 
But Absolutely. I don't. I can't trust John Morant. I can't, right no. now. He he's got a long way to go. Like if this was just the one time, and he did his eight games, and he really learned right. from it, and all that. Okay. But to, to have this resurface like a couple months later or whatever it was, like I, I'm not sure the guy gets it. So talent, yes. Here, eh. So I left him off. You're right about Embiid, and you may say, oh, that's just a recency bias. Yeah. Okay, well, it is. Then, then that's what it is. Because here's the problem, Derek. As much as we want to lay it all on Harden, and Harden deserves it too, Joel Embiid was right there with him in the last five yeah. minutes of game six and the entire yeah. game seven. So yeah. I don't know. I, I, I go into um, next season with Joel with a real sort of like, man, you got to show it to me in big spots. I don't trust him right now. I just don't. Yeah. Plain and simple. So I, I agree. I agree. I can't. I can't run the risk of having somebody on my my team or organization where we have to hurry up and rush out an emergency statement, um, saying our organization does not condone this, that, or the other. Uh, this is something this young man needs to take care of. We will be behind him one hundred percent and get him the help he needs. We don't need to be putting out statements like that. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm not wasting my time with that kind of stuff no. if I have choices. Nope. Nope recognize the talent but and you're right the other the other thing that kept certain guys off like Luca doesn't defend at all he's an no. incredible force no. on the offensive end but he doesn't defend at all most of these guys and I know Joker's not your traditional great defender but he'll rebound his butt off yeah. uh Giannis will defend uh you know Steph yep. and, and 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 Booker I'm, I'm willing to look the other way to an extent admittedly uh because of their offense you know and the Tatum offensive game is sick you know so <laughs> Yeah, and the other thing, Kerry's been doing it for so long, man. And oh my he's goodness. still he is still dynamic. It's crazy. Um best, you know, the goal, best jump, jump shot mechanics I've seen in a long time. Just perfect mechanics. He's the best shooter I ever saw. He's yeah. the best shooter I ever saw, man. And I don't say that lightly. I'll, I'll tell you, Giannis is the best passing big I've ever seen. Or uh, or a uh, Joker is Joker. Joker. I was gonna say Joker, yes. Yeah. He's the best passing big I've seen. You think be, be, better than Larry Bird back in Bird's day? I consider Bird a forward. I guess when oh, I say okay. big, I mean center. Uh, yeah, okay, Bird, center. Bird right. was in um, unbelievable. But, but yeah, no. I will say Jokic is the best big man, a passing big man I've seen in all the years I've been watching uh, pro basketball. Um, but I think my nucleus would probably win oh, five, six consecutive NBA titles. You know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think so. I think they'd be in good shape. But this is um, – you know, I think what we're seeing here is a culmination of the best team is going to win uh, with Denver. And I think what you're also seeing is culture and heart can take you a long way with Miami. Yes. You know, I mean, I really, I think that's what it is. And, he, you know, maybe eventually once you get to the finish line, you run out of gas a little bit, but it's only because this Denver team is so darn good. I mean, yes. they are just so yes. good. I mean, you think about that combination of Jamal Murray and Joker is deadly. And then Aaron Gordon's really stepped up his oh, game. My goodness. He's been huge for them. He has played awesome. Bruce Brown is nasty off the bench. Oh my god. You know, that was a great move. Their GM made a lot of good moves, man. It took it took them the, the entirety of the organization, the history of the organization, to finally get it right. They've had decent playoff teams, but never to this level. Um, you know, and so I have to give them a lot of credit because just looking at the way this team is assembled. You don't hear of any off-the-field antics with this team. Everybody goes about their business. They didn't have the best record in the NBA. I believe they had the, what, the second-best record in the NBA, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, yes. Milwaukee had the best. And right. I believe they had the second-best. Uh, they just go about their business, dude. 
Um, so they had 53 wins. Milwaukee had fifth. They had the third best between between behind. Excuse me, Milwaukee and Boston. They had the third. And best Boston. Okay. Joker okay. missed some time too, Derek, uh, which I think yes. contributed to that. Yep. Um, they just go about their business, man. They're up and down the court. They, they, they everybody shoots. You know, it, it all revolves around Jokic when he's on the floor and Murray. You know, um, who knows how long this nucleus will be together? So enjoy it. Enjoy the enjoy the ride. You know, people wonder could could Golden State sustain what they had when they won like four, you know, four four NBA titles in a span of what five six years, right. and they were able to financially keep that nucleus together. Can Denver keep this nucleus together for for a duration to see if they can make it back to back or you know two of the next three, three of the next four? Um, but that's a fun that's a fun team to just watch. Oh, uh, listen, I'm with you, and and. I also think they're very well coached. I think both teams are incredibly well coached, but uh, yes. you know, Spolster rightfully so has been doing it longer, so he gets more of the hype. Uh, but Mike Malone's hit every right note with these guys. I I really enjoy the mic'd up stuff with these guys before the game and, and what, they're, what they're saying to them. Man, it's good. I do too. Yeah, yeah that's in, in any sport. That's one of that's one of the greatest advantages. You know, the NFL really made that stuff famous. You know, micing up players during games. Um, on the sidelines, you know, mics everywhere. So, so fans get a whole different perspective of what's going on. Some things you hear, you really don't want to hear, right. but you get a better perspective. What do these guys talk about on the sideline? And I love that how baseball has implemented that now, and um, and even 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 in basketball. You know, in baseball, they'll talk to somebody during the game. You know, I know it's crazy. Ball, manager, yeah. uh, pitcher just had a big home run. I mean, that's where we are right now. I, lo- I love it. I know I like and I know that bothers some sort of old head, some old school folks. I don't I like it, man. I'm I, I love hearing them communicate, calling each other off in baseball or whatever the case may be, or it's just kind of funny, man. It's Trout's done it. I, I know Schwarber's done it for the Phillies. Um, yeah. but I I appreciate, especially with baseball, because if I don't think baseball markets itself very well, and I don't think they have for a long oh, time. I, any help they can get, they need. It, you know, it's for, as far as I'm concerned. Well, not only, not only that, but because it is the slowest of the four major sports in terms of games played, yep. you want to hold people's attention for as long as you can. And I think this is a great element to hold people's attentions, especially if it's, if there's, you know, normally they won't talk about during a game if it's a heated discussion. But if there's certain situations, why did you do this? Hey, how do you, what do you think about your pick, pitcher? We notice he kind of, you know, tw- twins a little bit there when he when he threw that last pitch. What what can you tell us? You know, it, well, we're gonna have him examined, but you know, he, he seemed to be in a little pain. Yeah, you know, they give you just a different element. You know, people want to know. Everybody wants to know everything nowadays, and I think baseball needs to find more ways to generate more fan interest. It's still a popular sport, but because there's so much lapse in between plays, in between innings, you you got to find a way to 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 Peak the interest of the fans to keep them there more so than you have in the past. Yeah. And I think the hope is for baseball. And I don't know that we might be past this at this point. I don't know. Um, is that it can get back to being more of a national attraction. Baseball is very regional now. Um, yep. Hockey's yep. very regional. The two sports that are still national of, of football is, and always will be. I think the NBA's, you know, second by a long shot. And then the other right. two fall back, you know, in, right. in a big, big way. And it's, it's funny. I was having this discussion with Al Morgani yesterday. It's, it's weird because of the three of the four sports, 
football's the least global. Yeah. The NBA has taken off. We know, you know, with the influence of the European players, baseball certainly, you know, overseas and the Dominican, et cetera, Japan. Um, you know, hockey obviously is huge in Europe and Canada, yep. but football is very Americanized and that's okay. It dominates the American landscape. That's for Absolutely. sure. But it's just, it's just weird how it all breaks down. All right, let's mm. get a timeout in here, Derek. We'll come back. We'll talk to Pat Leonard of the New York Daily News. We'll find out what's happening with Saquon Barkley, get his thoughts on the Giants in general in year two under Brian Dable, get his thoughts on the Eagles, the, the Washington Commanders, the Cowboys. We'll do some NFC East and some NFC talk with him as well. He's Derek Gunn. I'm Rob Ellis. We are Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. Let's talk about Flynn Tree Services. Yes, Flynn Tree Services is an experienced, licensed, and insured Pennsylvania tree services company that will trim or remove any unwanted trees off of your property. They offer cost-effective solutions, and they're experts trimming all types of trees. They serve southeastern Pennsylvania, South Jersey, and northern Delaware. Flynn Tree Services specializes in tree removal, stump grinding, as well as tree pruning. You can go to their Facebook or Instagram page for more information or a sampling of their work. Give Flynn Tree Services a call at 610-850-2848. 610-850-2848. Or visit them online at FlynnTreeServices.com. That's FlynnTreeServices.com. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. And the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. run wild and time stands still because here you can find the best of the Jersey Shore all on one five mile island so leave the old you behind and get lost in the woods
Score and save at Southeastern PA in Delaware with Colony Pools this football season. And let the experts close your pool with a custom Merlin safety cover in green for the birds. And if you join our winter watch team, we'll give you another 20% off and Colony Pools will handle it all. Keep your tiles on your pool, not in your pool. Fly with Colony right now, birds fans. Visit flywithcolony.com. Hi, everybody. My name is Jason Lombardi. I'm an inspector at DryTech. At DryTech, we offer three major services, the first one being basement waterproofing. The second service we offer is foundation and structural repairs. And then the third service that we offer is mold remediation. If you feel you are having a waterproofing issue, give DryTech a call or check us out online. E-A-G-L-E-S, Eagles. We are back. Appreciate you hanging out with us today. We are Sports Day, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. Rob Ellis, Derek Gunn with you on this Monday. Haven't chatted with our next guest in a while. Always fun to catch up with him. Does a phenomenal job uh, covering the Giants. Also, just as a as a writer, a columnist, you can follow him on Twitter at Pat Leonard at P Leonard N Y D N. Also, you got to check out his his podcast, Talking Ball with Pat. It's absolutely awesome. Um, you go to his YouTube page to check that out. He is the pride of Notre Dame and Northeast Philly <laughs> and has a great setup for us. I love his background right there. Uh, Pat, what's going on, man? How are you? What's up, man? Thanks, Rob. Thanks, D. It's great to be with you guys. You're right. We haven't talked in a while, but boy, the NFC East is always the talk, especially around here right now, though, because obviously in the New York, New Jersey area, it's all about the Giants looking like they took a good step, but getting waxed in division, starting with those three losses to the Philadelphia Eagles, which I can promise you is on their minds every waking moment <laughs> of this spring and summer. Well, you had you had some really interesting stuff this weekend on Saquon. Um, and we've been watching this, you know, not I wouldn't say from afar, not too far, Pat, but <laughs> You know, Saquon seems like a pretty reasonable guy. Like, I don't get a Le'Veon Bell sense here uh, with Saquon. But I don't blame him for being a little ticked off at some of the leaks because it seems like he's kept things pretty, you know, pretty low. But maybe that return, that favor hasn't been returned by the organization. What's your sense? I agree with you. It's interesting. You hear him leave the holdout on the table. You question whether he would actually do it, whether it would come to that. But you do sense and understand his frustration with the fact that they're telling him behind the scenes, family business is family business. Let's keep it all in house. Mm -hmm. And then he's seeing leaks about deals that he is saying are misleading that are not portraying the full picture. Now he won't reveal the exact details of the negotiations, but I asked him directly. I said, are you saying there's not as much guaranteed money in these alleged offers that are being reported? And he said, I think you can read between the lines, even though I'm not discussing specifics. So it sounds like he believes that the Giants are trying to portray this as we're paying you like a top running back when the reality is something much less lucrative for a running back at a position, as we know, uh, where guys are much less durable, their careers are shorter. And in Saquon's case, he feels like coming off a year where the Giants made the playoffs in large part because of his contributions, he feels like he needs to cash in. And also, this is another element to it, guys, which is very interesting. And this isn't the only team this happens with, but the team has rewarded some big names this offseason, right? Yep. Daniel Jones got paid. 
Dexter Lawrence gets paid. And without saying whether they should have or should not have, if you're Saquon Barkley and you feel like that six and one start really was objectively a lot about running the football with number 26, it's very difficult, I think, for him to sit on the sidelines and watch the Giants paint him as greedy when he feels like all he is owed is what he's due. Do you honestly think he would, would sit out a season, i.e. Le'Veon Bell? You think he would go that far? You know, D, I, I'm not sure whether he would go that far. Okay. I do think it's noteworthy, though, that he put it on the table as an option. Because I think prior to him saying that, you had to question whether he would even go as far as saying, I'll have to think about it. I do think, this is my personal opinion. Look, we know that franchise tag with the running back market, the teams have leverage in these situations. Mm -hmm. it's, it's, a, it's a fact. I, however, I look at the Giants. I see they get Darren Waller. They feel a little bit good about winning a playoff game. They feel like they can take another step. Their best version of their 23 team has Saquon Barkley on the field. I think okay. he has more leverage than even he might realize because it's impossible for me to see John Maris sitting there in the last week of July with Saquon holding out that distraction and feeling like, oh, no, we're never going to have our full complement of players together. I think it's impossible that Mara is going to sit there and not walk into Joe Shane's office, knock on the door and say, just get this done already. Mm -hmm. I really don't. I don't know if I think when push comes to shove, I don't know if the organization wouldn't budge first there. Well, mm. uh, on top of it, that, and look, th this goes for virtually any player. You want your full complement. But for a guy like Daniel Jones, I mean, you need Saquon Barkley here. This is not, you know, it's not Patrick Mahomes who can overcome guys, Tyreek Hill walking out the door and lead your team to a Super Bowl. No disrespect to, to Daniel Jones. I mean, he needs him bad. Well, you said it, and that was maybe one of the more fascinating parts of his 12 and a half minutes he spent with us at this kids camp in Jersey City on Sunday was Saquon very gently and very nicely saying, my situation is different from some others. You know, he mm -hmm. cited Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. He cited the Eagles. He said, listen, Jalen Hurts is great. Most teams don't have the roster and the talent that the Eagles have. He said, here at the Giants, I feel like I'm a huge part of it. He even went out of his way to say, this isn't about Daniel Jones. That's not what I'm saying. But it really kind of was what he was saying. He was saying, look at the makeup of our team. Even though I'm friends with our quarterback, I like our quarterback. He's essentially appealing to us watching on television, watching at the stadium saying, what do you see? Do you see a team where the quarterback is carrying us every week? Or do you see a team where I'm a huge part of the reason why we score and win? And so I think that rhetorical question answers itself. All right, Pat, speaking of Daniel Jones, obviously the Giants think that he's the future. They paid him handsomely. From your perspective, what about the fan base? Are they buying Daniel Jones as, the, as their definitive leader for years to come? I think they're buying it if he validates it this year. Okay. I think the Giant fan base, it's interesting. Even though they – could be critical of the organization if things go south. They typically, as a whole, choose to trust the organization's decision-making until it lets them down. Compared to Philadelphia, which I feel like is much more harshly honest about if something's questionable right away, Howie Roseman's hearing it, right, on the radio waves, on television, and seeing it in his email, I'm sure. So I think in New York, there's like a, an, a hopeful optimism about, okay, the organization buys in, so will we for now. But adding a guy like Darren Waller, and if Saquon is on the field, 
the fact that you have a more complement, a full complement of weapons or closer to one, I do think and sense and know that Giants fans want to see it validated. They want to see Daniel Jones rubber stamp it. And you guys know what that means. Yeah. We see, we see with Jalen Hurts, you know, great abilities, talent, runs the ball. But then when he opens it up as a passer as well, and he becomes a guy where he can kill you both ways, now you become the MVP candidate. And Daniel Jones was more dynamic last year. He was excellent in the playoff win in Minnesota, but he did a lot more with his legs and he still wasn't pushing the ball down the field with his arm. That was partially due to them not scheming plays for that. They didn't maybe have the same weapons they feel like they might have now, but Jones needs to become the next level of passer for Giants fans, I think, to sit down next to each other at the bar and say, we got our next Eli. How much in your estimation, Pat, did they upgrade? I mean, we, we know, like, I think we think Waller from a couple of years back where he was unbelievable, but he hasn't really been that same guy. I'm, generally, how much do you think they've upgraded? Uh, let's just go with that side of the ball to help Daniel Jones out. Yeah, it, you know, it's still a question mark, Rob, of do they have a number one receiver and is Waller that, you know, he's a tight end by position, but at the end of this year, are we going to say, Oh, they did go get their number one. It was Darren Waller in that trade with the Raiders. I think that's their hope. I was talking to Darius Slayton recently because I saw him in the slot at practice and he never plays there in this offense. And he said, well, part of that is now we have Darren and he might line up anywhere on a given play. And that might create some adjustments in our personnel that goes to show you, you know, Hey, here's our number one, where are we moving him? And then how do we adjust our pieces from there? How much did they upgrade on offense? You know, Eric Gray, the rookie running back, I think adds a pass catching um, spell Barkley Braid element that might help them a little bit. I think John Michael Schmitz, the center for Minnesota, they drafted in the second round. Obviously, rookies can have growing pains. I do think that helps the O-line a little bit. I'd be lying if I said, though, that I feel like the offensive line is definitely going to be okay or the wide receiver position is clearly settled yet. They have a lot of more numbers at the receiver position. I actually think Paris Campbell is a really good add for them in a catch and run Mm -hmm. facet of what he can do with the ball in his hands over the middle. He's kind of a little bit bigger even than you would think. Uh, But I do think we're waiting for the cream to rise to the top really across the board on offense. And obviously at running back, that means he's got to be there in the first place. Right. So they re-signed Darius Slayton. Are you surprised they're bringing back basically the bulk of the pass catchers from last year? They, they signed Campbell, but you know the other guys yeah. are coming. Sterling Shepard, all these guys are coming back again. You surprised they're going to go with the same group? Yeah, it's interesting. I, I think part of that is salary cap is they're still constrained a little bit. Like Leonard Williams at, on the defensive side is costing them thirty-two million against the cap, oh, wow. and there's not a. I know. And there's not a lot of wiggle room there unless you tell the guy he's taking a pay cut, but then you have two disgruntled players instead of one. Mm-hmm. Um, what are you going to do there? So on offense, I think what they saw is they have a lot of good pieces. Also guys who are familiar for the quarterback, like Hodgins last year only played a half season. And even though he's not a number one receiver, uh, like you look at a, you know what AJ Brown is, or even Devonte Smith is on any, any, any given week, he is a guy who has proven that he and Daniel Jones are on the same page. Slayton, funny enough, has led the Giants in receiving yards in three of his four seasons in the league. You wouldn't know that because it hasn't been a high-powered offense. But he and Jones came in in the same year, so there's that familiarity. There are a lot of numbers. I will say this. Sterling Shepard, if they get football out of Sterling Shepard, I think that'll be a bonus. I mean, he, he looks good running right now on grass. 
I just don't know if you're run, if you're making the Giants roster right now, it's hard to count on him definitively being there. Okay. And then the rookie, Wendell Robinson, I honestly don't know where the place is for him. He was part running back in college at Kentucky. So I'm wondering if he ends up with more of a timeshare in his role. Um, so to answer your question, it's it's still lacking in that where's the Devontae Adams on this roster. Mm-hmm. Right. But the part of the reason Joe Shane made the Waller trade was because he looked at the free agent class and he looked at the draft class and he didn't see a Jamar Chase in the draft and he didn't see a receiver in free agency where he could marry the finances with the star power. Yeah, it was remarkable how late the the receivers went. They went on it was a little run on them, but it was late, Pat. Before I get to the the NFC East, the what your thoughts are on the Eagles. What's it been like with Rodgers with the Jets now? And now we we know Giants are always <laughs> almost always one, right? And the Jets are somewhere else behind yeah. them, but has it maybe moved a little bit? Is that have those have those two uh, converged somewhat here in, in the New York North Jersey area? Their, their off-season media availabilities they are definitely more well attended uh, <laughs> than previous years. I could say that. I mean, I I think right now, in my personal opinion, it's a little bit concerning. Number one, he had the calf injury. Obviously, he got back onto the field, but then Robert Sala, a guy who lost six straight games to end last season, whose job arguably was on the hot seat last year. Yeah, I know a lot of teams are canceling this mandatory mini camp. There's a little less that you can do. I just don't love them going into the off season early. I know they're coming back early for the hall of fame game. I just feel like there's a lot of pieces and new things coming together there where I would just want every moment, every waking minute available to kind of acclimate everyone. We all know how finicky and specific Rogers is with how he wants guys running routes and you see his, the eye roll when people aren't on the same page, whatever it is. Meanwhile, you have Quinn and Williams, their star defensive tackle, still not signed. And so Jeez. he's disgruntled, upset. Listen, it's not like the house is on fire, but I just think there are more signs than even maybe are being reported or talked about frequently of this might not be a great honeymoon. You know, you need to kind of get down into the nitty gritty and hit the ground running. And I think that we're not going to know a ton about them until they play the real games, but it's going to be here quicker than maybe even they realize they have a long way to go to be the team that even I thought they were going to be when they got Rogers, which I immediately said, I realistically think this team's going to win the division and possibly challenge for a Super Bowl berth. I just don't like some of these signs I'm seeing so far. Interesting. You guys, you guys get to talk to the players, but do you have access to like the GM uh, to get their perspective on why things are moving along slowly? And, and, and what is your take? On, and when they were, respond to the rebuttals of the players who haven't gotten their contracts or who are basically unhappy. Well, I think when I can speak on the giants end, I know the general manager, Joe Shane, what he leans on consistently when you talk to him is what he inherited. Now you can only talk about that for so long. And I think we're already past that. So, you know, I don't really accept that as a premise for certain things. However, the salary cap reality for the Giants and some of the allocations of resources in previous years lead to, for example, the situation you're in now where Saquon Barkley not only wants to be paid fairly, but he was a number two overall pick. So coming from making a number two pick salary versus being a second or third rounder. Um, But I know the Giants priority is to try and clean up 
the salary cap overall. So they're trying to do the best for their team. They're trying to reward guys they've drafted who are their own, which is something the Giants have struggled with. Um, but at the same time, they're trying to be smart about having a long-term view. It's really interesting. You know, in the NFL, as you guys know, it's never been more pressure cooked for the GMs and the head coaches to turn things around and getting it and get it going. And Howie really isn't helping people in division, <laughs> like with the Giants, where the Eagles re retool and go back to the Super Bowl after winning one. And here have the Giants still trudging through Siberia, you know, trying to get out of this deep snow and trying to figure these things out brick by brick. And so on the one hand, it looks almost impossible to kind of turn that cruiser around in one right. fell swoop. But then for the Giants specifically in the NFC East, having the Eagles being so well run recently and including how they manage the salary cap, which is something the Giants have done as badly as anything they've, they've struggled with recently, you know, it just makes things more difficult for them in the here and now, as far as the jets go with Joe Douglas and Robert Sala, but with Joe Douglas at the helm, he's coming off obviously a fantastic draft, right? You have Garrett Wilson, sauce Gardner. I mean, how many times do you draft offensive and defensive rookie of the years in, in the same year? Um, and so how about this? Your reputation goes from drafting Zach Wilson, number two overall, to suddenly look at all this talent this guy accrued. Right. But it's still hovering in the background is, yeah, but look at the capital you expended on the guy who was supposed to be your next quarterback. Now, Woody Johnson on down, we make the decision based on that failure to go all in on Aaron Rodgers. So there's just as much pressure in both sides, but I actually think Joe Douglas faces a lot more than even the outside world realizes if the Aaron Rodgers thing goes even a little bit sideways because underneath it is that failed draft pick at the most important position in the sport. It's interesting. Um, all right. When we're, when you're in the eye of the storm, like we are, it's sometimes hard to be as objective. Right. But I know you come from a unique stance. <laughs> you cover the giants, you cover the league, but you're also a Philly guy. Um, and it, it's also been very tough for teams after getting to a super bowl or losing a super bowl. Yeah. Are the Eagles still the team to beat in your estimation in the NFC, NFC East? Where do you see the Eagles right now, Pat, as we as we enter the season? Uh, I still think they're the team to beat in the NFC. I will say, I think if you're realistic about that NFC championship game, I think you have to look at that game and say, if Purdy plays that whole game, the Niners had a chance to win that and might have been turning the tide there. And I, I do believe that. And I, so I think losing Hargrave, obviously you're trying to replace it. You're trying to replace things on both sides of the ball on both lines as the Eagles, but you're still very strong up front, which is where a lot of the teams that even talent wise feel like they're starting to catch up over the course of four quarters. They just can't hang with the Eagles O-line and D-line. I do think the Niners are right there. And I think getting Hargrave to me is one of the quad, quieter you know mm -hmm. it's not the premium position necessarily i think could end up being when we look to playoff time one of the more important moves made by any team this offseason but i just think the eagles ability you know once they traded for aj brown and the combination of the draft picks they've combined with guys that they already had here veterans the fact that kelsey came back you know and jalen hurts then growing into his own and Sirianni and even his staff creating the plan that allowed them to flourish last year. A lot of coaching turnover, obviously, at offensive and defensive coordinator. 
So to me, that's the one question, especially when you look at these early division mm -hmm. matchups and coming out of the gate, can they keep it going? Can they continue the way that they attack teams? Is the offense and the defensive game plan going to adjust or is it going to stay consistent to the strengths of the roster? Mm -hmm. But I, yes, I do think that the Eagles are the team to beat in the NFC still, but I don't think they can rest because I do look at that NFC title game and I see a Niners team that with a healthy quarterback for four quarters arguably could have won that game. All right. There's the journalistic side of Pat Leonard. And then there's the fan side of him as well. <laughs> and because I go through this because I'm from Wisconsin, I'm a big Packers fan. Okay. So I got to ask you, how do you handle the emotional flow? Cause you get to cover it twice. Eagles giants twice. How do you handle it? You, we're family here. You can tell us. How do you handle that? That's a great question. I'll say this. There, I, I just get a warm feeling about going to the link, sitting down and having a soft pretzel, like <laughs> sitting there watching a game for the team I grew up rooting for for free. Yep. I'm getting paid to do it. And I'm eating a soft pretzel that I used to put a quarter in my pencil case every day at recess to have at St. Cecilia's and Fox Chase. So <laughs> it's hard for me to beat that. You know, I'm not going to lie. Um, you know, I, when I went to Notre Dame, I, and I was a, a one week I'd be in the stands as a student and a fan. And then the next week I'd be in the press box as a student uh, reporter for the observer daily newspaper. And that was a real education for me and having to turn it on and off and having to sit there and try and be as objective as you can. And so when I got to hockey and I covered the Rangers, I remember covering a winter classic in Philadelphia at citizens yeah. bank park, Rangers flyers. And that was one of the first moments that I felt, the result didn't matter, even though the Philly team was, you know, it was, it was an oddly unemotional response to everything that was going on. I never want to be the guy who doesn't feel anything when I watch. Cause I, you know, we right. do this because we love it. Yeah. Right. But as you guys know, there's so much animosity to this rivalry yeah. that I, I'll never forget, you know, one of the guys on, uh, when I used to do daily news live up here, we were talking offset about how I was from Philadelphia. And then we go live and we were picking against the spread. This is years ago, like maybe, I don't know, six or seven years ago. And I picked the Eagles to win the game. And the guy turns to me and goes, well, you're just saying that because you're from Philadelphia. Oh. And I was outed. You know, you could see it on yeah. social media. Oh, Eagles fan. So I don't know if I'll ever live that down, but uh, I try to pre present the objectivity as, as much as possible. Yeah. Well, I, here's the way I look at it, Pat. And, and, and I, I consider myself like I, I'm – I have no problem bringing the hammer down on, on the local teams either because that's, I don't know about you, but that's the way we were as kids. Like we, yes, we wanted all the Philadelphia teams to win, but me and my buddies would, would call people out if they weren't getting the job done. It wasn't this unconditional love that you might get in the, it, like in St. Louis for the Cardinals. Like, hey, it's all right, go get them next time. It was never that way. So it was always yeah. easy for me to just be that guy like, personally. No, I, I, you know, I have to be careful how I say these things, right? But that's what I was saying earlier about when you asked about how do the fans feel about Daniel Jones? I really do feel a default in New York, New Jersey with Giants fans often is trusting the organization mm -hmm. often blindly, especially when, when things started going south when I first got on the beat in 16, 17, 18, 19. All of the things that you told fans were happening that were negative – Fans were telling you that you were, you're an Eagles fan. You're from Philadelphia. You're making this up. You're trying to you're get clicks. You're creating headlines. Now you talk to a Giants fans in 2022, they'll tell you all the things that went wrong in those years that they were telling me I was making up, right? 
Yeah. In Philadelphia, the fans are the first ones to say it. Yeah. And that's what I love about Philadelphia fans. And I think any true fan of a team, like you said, that's how I was raised too. You know, the Phillies uh, eventually winning the World Series for me as a kid in my lifetime was so much sweeter for all of the difficult years, you know, going through in the, after the 93 team, you know, and all the, all those nineties teams. And, you know, you'd hear the name of the team and put your head down half the time. And, you know, but you don't spend those years saying that the team's okay. You spend those years sitting with your friends and complaining about the mistakes that were made and, and going through, this is why everybody likes to play GM because the real fans want to make their teams better. So Right. Um, I always respond well to any fan of any team um, that is being honest about it. And I think the interesting element now in New York is because it's been so bad for so long prior to last year where they eked out that playoff appearance, Giants fans finally are starting to come around to enough of this, mm-hmm. figure it out. Mm-hmm. And so that's why they're so excited by Joe Shane and Brian Dable because they seem to be doing things differently. But again, in division, the Eagles and the Cowboys present a stiff test. Yeah. You know, with the, a new chain of command with Shane and uh, Dabo, um, have, do, do they do a good job of reaching out to former big-name alumni player? You know, one thing the Eagles do well is no matter who the coach is, they always have a contingent of former players that they always have in the building, always have at special events. Uh, do the Giants follow suit along those lines? They do. I will say, you know, to give him credit here, Joe judge started that when he got here, he came in and we came, we came to a practice one day D and we walk out and, you know, half the team had the white jerseys on half the team had the blue, you know, offense, defense. And then there were about eight or nine guys who had black jerseys on. And we're thinking, Mm -hmm. Whoa, what is that? What's this a new concussion protocol? You know, what's going on here. And when you looked closer they were black practice throwback jerseys with the name and number of like a Giants ring of honor player. And so if a guy had a, if a linebacker, you know, had a good week, like he might get, you know, the Banks jersey or the Carson jersey or whatever. And he was really trying to, he, they spent time in meetings educating the players on guys past at your position and what they provided. And if the guy was still around, especially in the area, linking them up, he started bringing more guys down to the stadium and to the facility to give speeches. And I know last year, then they kind of kept that going, you know, especially guys who were more recent, even like OCU Minura, Justin Tuck, I think was in the locker room last year, giving a big speech to the team. So um, that was, that has been a big emphasis of this new regime, but I did see a, an uptick of that in that when Joe judge arrived in, what would that be? 2020. Okay. That's interesting. Yeah, I, you don't hear a lot of positives about Joe Judge in his time there, Pat. But yeah, he gets he gets one of them, I guess, right there. Yeah. He would have. Hey, I'll tell you. I'll tell you this. Listen, nobody's perfect, and obviously, uh, one the offense here, you know, was unacceptable. But um, he was a very good CEO, and if he had had like a Brian Dable as his offensive coordinator, which honestly would have happened if he could have gotten him out of Buffalo, he'd still be the head coach here. I mean, that's my opinion. Interesting. Very interesting. Yeah. Wow. If you had to rank, because we had Chris Franklin on from NJ.com a little bit earlier, I was surprised at his order. Um, <laughs> you were ranking the NFC East. I'm assuming you'd go Eagles one, but what would be your pecking order after the birds? Um, Eagles, Cowboys, and then Washington Giants in a battle there. I 
I mean, I do think Washington has potential for an all-time disaster um, this season, but their roster's not um, – it has talent. You know, even though they, they keep finishing down there in the basement, it's not like they lack talent on the roster. If the Giants stay healthy, you know, they can challenge for that second, third. If the Giants have the type of injuries they've had in the last several years, which it seems like an annual occurrence, and I know it's football, but – they really struggled with key guys going down last year. A lot of it happened in training camp in the beginning of the year. Then it could be a threat because while they can't beat the Eagles and the Cowboys, they've had their way with Washington pretty much. Okay. Washington caught them for a tie last year. Um, I think, but my answer to you not to waffle would be Eagles, Cowboys, Giants, Washington at the moment. Um, I believe that's a repeat of last season, which mm -hmm. never happens. So I guess I'm going to be wrong. <laughs> well, I mean, it's how crazy is it? Nobody's won this division back to back since what was it like? Oh, four, oh five. It was the Eagles during Andy Reid's run. It's, it's absolutely, it's absolutely crazy. insane. That's again, why it's so frustrating for the giants that the Eagles have reloaded in such impressive fashion, because, you know, usually what goes around comes around and now not so much. So the Giants feel like they're getting a little bit better and they're building something, but it's hard for them because they're trying to take this long-term view, but they want to capitalize on their recent winning and the Eagles still look so tough. Mm. Yeah, no question. Well, listen, Pat, uh, tell people where they can where they can get the podcast, Talking Ball. We, we, we see it right behind you. Yeah. I know it's awesome. I know your coverage is great and, and I'll tell people where they can follow you on Twitter, but talk about, let's talk a little Talking Ball. Where can they find it? Yeah, thank you. Yeah, at least once a week, typically having guests on. Uh, Darius Slayton joined us recently. Um, you know, I had Jeremiah Cyrils, a former lineman who played for Dable, now represents John Michael Schmitz uh, after the pick there. And great pre-draft, post-draft, and we'll be doing a lot during training camp. So Talking Ball with Pat Leonard. It's on the Believe Network. It's on my YouTube page. Every full episode, it's at PL on NFL on YouTube. And then you subscribe. Subscribe anywhere you get your audio podcast. So Apple, Spotify, and really anywhere else you, you should be able to find it. Uh, really appreciating you uh, letting me plug that and having me on because I love talking ball and I love talking birds. And obviously uh, the NFC East is only going to get more interesting here. So yeah, Pat, keep it up, man. At P Leonard NYDN is how you follow him on Twitter as well. Oh, by the way, Pat, let me squeeze this in before I let you out of here. Yeah, what's up? My cousin's... Uh, daughter is getting married in Notre Dame, uh, not wow. this weekend, but next. Okay. Mm -hmm. I've been there a bunch of times, but I haven't been in a long time other than the linebacker lounge. <laughs> Give me a couple good spots, brother. Hook me up. I, I need, I need, where am I going to have a good time? You're putting me on the spot. I love it. So, yes. okay. When I was a student there, we yeah. did not have a thoroughfare connected to campus to just walk out and have a cocktail. You know, you had to get a cab everywhere. Right. Um, you weren't, you know, you weren't getting Ubers back then. Yeah. Either. Yeah. You're yeah. Getting a cab. Uh -huh. um, right now there's Eddy street commons. You can walk up um, right straight from the main building, from the dome, okay. just walk straight off campus. And you're walking right into uh, a magnificent spotless area of restaurants, food shops, an extension of the bookstore, uh, some condos and apartments there. But the easiest way, especially once you get there, you want to park and you want to walk and um, such a beautiful campus. I never want to go too far either, but that's where um, I would say to spend some quick time. And then also I think for uh, you got Rocco's pizza and you got 
Parisi's as well. Some they great Italian. Yeah. Um, and then Corby's, obviously Corby's. If you've never been to Corby's, you got to hit Corby's. Do, do you go back often just, just to rekindle some of the old moments or no? Not as often recently as I would like, but now okay. that my kids are, you know, my son's now seven years old and um, we got to get the trip in. It would have happened probably right around when COVID hit. Uh, so now, you know, it's, it's time to take the kids and the whole family out there and to do it right. Some by yeah. week Giants yep. play on a Thursday. You got to do it, man. I know. I know. It's uh, it's, it's an amazing place and a uh, new, new athletic director now too. So a lot, a lot of turnover, but should be, yeah. should be fun. Should be a great season for the Irish. Awesome. Mm. Pat, appreciate it, man. Thanks for a couple of minutes. Looking forward to talking to you again. Thank you guys. Yeah. Take, care. Good, Pat. take care. That's Pat Leonard. Uh, good stuff there from Pat. Good information there. I'll tell you what, Gunner. Um, Saquon's not happy, you know, and you just wonder how this manifests itself if they don't get something done. I agree with Pat in that they they don't want to mess around with this one. Like this, and I know the hesitancy of teams to pay running backs, but you don't want to play with him too much here because if that thing goes sideways, they're they're going to cave in offensively without him. Well, I mean, but, but this happens with players all the time. You yeah. know, players take a stance, ownership takes a stance, and nine times out of ten, the player will eventually sign their franchise tag or the two sides come to a meeting of mind before the deadline. So that's why what we have, like a little more than a month before the deadline. Yeah, the 17th of July. So, yep. You know, what's said today will change tomorrow and will change the next day. But I do think from a Giants perspective, if there's one thing – that Saquon said is that they need to rally the troops and say, hey, everybody, keep your mouths closed. Mm -hmm. Nobody leak any more information. Sometimes organizations do that to try to put pressure on a player. But when you respect a player of Saquon's caliber, you don't do that. Right. Don't put that information out there. So it's, there should be an edict from the top. Keep your mouths closed and let's take care of this behind doors. And who knows? You know, maybe we'll get this done tomorrow, maybe next week, but let's get it done way before this deadline. So we're not talking about this in training camp in August. We're talking about trying to catch the Eagles in the division. Yeah, makes sense. Makes sense. All right, let's do this. Uh, we talked about, um, you know, looking at the best rookies of the 2022 class. Let's get a timeout. We'll do it when we come back, Derek. All right, we'll do that. We'll keep the NFL talk rolling. Got a bunch of other stuff that we can get into as well uh, when it comes to, to the NFL. Great story, too, out of uh, – the Canadian Open. I didn't think we'd be talking about this, but it's a pretty wild story from yesterday as well. So we'll do all of that birthdays, movies. Uh, we'll close it out in style like we normally do. That's Derek Gunn. I'm Rob Ellis. We are Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. We're going to talk right now about Razor Technology. Yes, Razor Technology, and in particular, Data Estate. Data is everywhere in business today, but when it's locked away in silos, it can't be efficiently used, and businesses don't have time to wait for the insights that shape decision-making. Razor Technologies Data Management not only integrates data from wherever it's generated or collected, but provides a uniform structure for storing, interpreting, and distributing it to decision-makers. Razor helps businesses transform their model data, use it to populate real-time dashboards, and create shareable reports that highlight key areas of progress as well as warning signs in need of attention. Smart data analytics and the tools to make data insights easily digestible help businesses of all sizes and types discover where they could be untapping significant savings. Razor technology can help you break down your silos and fully realize the value of your data to drive growth for your business. Learn more at Razor Technology by calling them at 
877-797-3282. That's 866-797-3282. Or visit them online at razor-tech.com. That's razor-tech.com. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. And the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit. And the hits. Go for the stakes. And the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. The greatest fans on earth. It's a bold statement, but would you expect anything less from Philadelphia? 58 years of heartache creates a toughness, a grit, a resolve not found in most. Sure, our prayers were answered, but now that we've had a taste, we're looking for more. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. <clears throat> Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction. Go with trust. And go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. All right, did you know I was the mommy slam dunk champion? Really? <laughs> yes, really don't sound so surprised. Let's see it. Oh, you're ready. All right, here we go. Let's hear the crowd. So go to right, go to left. Fake a mom. Mama, go. Oh, mama! She did it. Again? You can't avoid gravity, but United Healthcare can help you avoid financial surprises by helping you compare costs and doctor quality ratings. United Healthcare. Uh huh. Final segment of the show. Thanks for hanging out with us. We do appreciate it. He is Derek Dunn. I'm Rob Ellis. We are Sports Take. Let's hit that like button, friends, if we could. Appreciate that. All right, Gunner. So Aaron Rodgers, who we talked about a little bit earlier with Pat Leonard, is, you know, rightfully so. He's praising Garrett Wilson and, and Sauce Garner from what now he's getting a chance to see them up close and personal. It's not, you know, nothing crazy there. We, we all saw it up, you know, what he was able to do last season what they were able to do last season in their rookie years. And they were phenomenal. One was the offensive rookie of the year. One was the defensive rookie of the year. So that I started to start thinking about this. You know what? Um, if you had to rank your top five from the class of 2022, the guys that we've seen now play for a year, not projecting the 23 people, 
the guys from last year. In no particular order, Derek. This oh, okay. isn't. All right. Yeah, okay. don't worry about the, this guy's one, this guy's two. If you had to pick five, who would you go with? Um, obviously, two of the five would have to be Sauce Gardner and Garrett Wilson. Agreed. Um, because Sauce Gardner in one year already hasn't been compared to, you know, uh, Darrell Revis, you know. Um, and you don't see a rookie come in and do what he does in his rookie year. I mean, basically shut down a portion of the field to the point where teams don't throw against them. You always want to test rookies to find out their strengths and weaknesses. You look at a player on film, it's one thing. But you get up and you match up against them. you got to be able to, to look at some of the tendency to see what you can and cannot do. He established himself very quickly as you want any parts of this side of the field, man. And that's ultimate respect. So yeah. he, is the, he is the present and the future of cornerbacks in the NFL. Another one has to be Aiden Hutchinson. He was a number two overall pick. Dude had nine and a half sacks, 52 tackles. Uh, he is a one-man wrecking crew. I'm yep. looking at him, and I'm already comparing him to J.J. Watt in terms of his motor, his arms, his length, his ability. You cannot block him one-on-one. He really started to figure out things in the NFL at the halfway point of the season mm-hmm. and started playing like a much more seasoned vet down the stretch. That young man's got an incredible future. Derek, um, he got three picks, too. Three picks, I think one for a t- one or two for a touchdown. Amazing, yeah, amazing yeah. what he what he was able to do. You're right, I and mean, he was awesome. Um, so a, a fourth one would have to be Chris Olave down in New Orleans. Um, you know, thousand yard receiver, seventy two catches over thousand yards. Um, I love his level, of, his second level of separation. Yep. You know, he has that initial burst off the line of scrimmage, but his second level of separation is is, is very impressive. Uh, once he finds open space. You can try to double them up, but not many people can. Mm-hmm. And then my last guy I like is Tariq Woolen, uh, the cornerback from, oh, yeah. from uh, Seattle. Here's a guy who was a fifth-round pick. You know, he has six interceptions, 46 tackles, 16 passes defended, two fumble recoveries and a touchdown, you know. Um, and, again, he's exactly the type of cornerback that Seattle looks for. He's 6'4", 210, okay, he gets bypassed the first four plus rounds. All of a sudden, Seattle jumps on him in the fifth round, mm-hmm. make him a starter, and he turns out to be one of the best young players um, in the game. What the other the, the other player I left on the outside looking in because uh, and it was hard for me to do was Brock Purdy. I mean, that was one of the most phenomenal mm-hmm. stories in the game. Uh, you look at his numbers down the stretch, um, but I left him off because I like these five other guys just a little bit better. Yeah, I mean, look, we're uh, we're one through four. We're the same. We're the same. Really? Um, yeah, I got Gardner, Hutchinson, Wilson, Olave. I mean, you you mentioned it with Gardner. The ultimate sign of respect is teams don't yeah. even look at your side. They don't think about going to your side now. He's he's that like shutdown mode dude. Where all right, forget the left side of the field. We got to deal with the right side. That's crazy for a rookie, and he's like six two, six three. Yes. You know, to have that kind of size and that speed, the ability to cover like that, I mean, man, the sky's the limit there with that guy. And, and you know, Hutchinson became a one-man wrecking crew at the end of the season last year for them. Absolutely. And he's just going to get better. Yeah, and, and Garrett Wilson is already very polished. You know this about Ohio State. Those kids coming out know how to play that position. Yes. They just do. Um, and that's why I can't wait. I, I think Smith Najigba is going to be awesome. Yes. For Seattle. He's going to be a nice compliment to those other two guys. But the following year, man, wait till you see Marvin Harrison Jr. Oh, my God. It's, <laughs> oh, 
but anyway, and then, yeah. And, and then you throw Olave in there and gee, where's Olave from? You know, I mean, it, it's, yeah. you know, whatever. The I, other I one think, I threw, I go ahead. I look, I look at a kid like in Jigba. What a, what a great situation for him to walk into. Yeah. To learn from the likes of DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. Yep. You don't have to go be the number one receiver like Justin Jefferson did right away in Minnesota. He gets to go in there and be the number three, will be a viable entity in that offense. But you're learning from two of the best in the game in Lockett and DK Metcalf, man. What a great learning curve for this kid. Yeah, you're right. It's rare that you don't have to get thrown to the wolves and, and you just kind of learn, right? And I think in his situation – Oh, the other thing is like those two guys are both very hardworking, you know, I mean, just it, it's a good setup. It is. It's a good setup for this. All yeah. right. I'm going to butcher the name, but I'm going to throw this one out there because I think I think he's just going to get better and better. I know who you're uh, going to say. Yeah. Ikem Ekwanyu. Is that what you thought I was going to say? Bless you. Thank you. Uh, the the offensive lineman uh, who, who played at NC State. But yep. he ended up staying in in North Carolina. He's with the uh, with the Panthers. He's a building block kind of guy, and he's not. It's not, it's offensive line. It's not sexy, but he he's going to be really good. Uh, I think it was JM. Somebody else threw in there um, George Pickens in the chat, and I agree. George yep. Pickens of the Steelers, look out. Uh, his biggest issue in college was staying healthy at Georgia, and you saw what he was last year. Guy, Absolutely. the guy's legit, man. The acrobatic catches he made along the sidelines, dude. You're right. I think he's going to be a good one. Pickett. I mean, you, you can put Pickett in there. Well, there's a lot of guys. Like, there's, um, you know, Brees Hall. If Brees Hall doesn't get hurt, he rushes yeah. for 1,000 yards. Yes. So, there, there's, there, that, there were a lot of really impactful players coming out in that 22 draft. There really were. Um, you know, and, the, and let's face it, the Eagles – had the luxury of not having to lean on Jordan Davis, but this year's different. Jalen Carter is going to have to make a major impact. Yep, we we can't be looking at the Eagles, Derek, this time next year and saying, I don't really know about Jalen Carter. And, and eh, no, we, you know, he's going to have to play much bigger and better than Jordan Davis did for sure. When you come out in a draft and you build, not build, not, uh, not just as one as the best defensive lineman coming out, but one of the top athletes coming out in this draft, you have to have an immediate impact. Yep. Um, and, and and fortunately, but unfortunately for Jalen, the spotlight has already been on him. From his first OTA practice, the spotlight will continue to be on him, um, especially with a new defensive coordinator trying to figure him out, him trying to get comfortable in the system. Uh, I can't wait to see what he looks like when the snaps are for real come September. Yeah. All right. So beyond that NFL wise, um, you know, we've talked about it. DeAndre Hopkins is going to visit the Patriots neck. They already visited the Titans. Uh, you know, everybody's lobbying for him. Um, Von Miller looks like he's going to avoid the pup list and be a full go uh, for the start of the season. So that's gigantic for Buffalo who also added Frank Clark, right? I mean, they're adding, they, they, they did some, or I'm sorry, that's Denver, but they, they've added some nice pieces have Buffalo uh, this past off season for sure. So that's, that's a, uh, that's quite, that's a quality move for them. And that's big mm. for, for, for Buffalo for sure uh, that he's going to be playing there. All right. I didn't, this is not a football story, but I was, I just didn't know if you got a chance to see it. I, frankly, I told you I'm a, I'm a casual golf fan where I'll watch right. the majors right. and that kind of stuff. But I'm not a diehard. So I wasn't locked in on the Canadian open, but the Phillies ended and I'm flipping around a little bit yesterday and I see that this thing was going to a playoff. So I'm like, all right, I'm in. Uh, let me see what's going on here. 
and it went through four holes of a so the four playoffs basically. It ends up getting won by Nick Taylor, who you may not be familiar with, but he drains Gunner just an insane putt, a, a long, long putt. He's Canadian, so it's the Canadian Open. It's the RBC Canadian Open. He's the first Canadian to win that that tournament in 69 years. When he won, it was like the ultimate celebration. It, people are mobbing the green, champagne bottles. It's great. It was mayhem. It was a really cool moment. It really was. Almost like watching him win a NASCAR race with Andy 500. <laughs> yeah, it was like spewing the bubbling yeah. around. Yeah. That, that's a big event, man. When you have your native son, it's been such a long drought. When you have a native son finally women, it, 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 when it, it, it's a big moment. You never know when it's going to happen again. Right. You know, we've had some incredible stories um, in pertaining to golf this year, man, both financially and yeah. fundamentally. The the the, uh, the the club pro who, who went on the run? Oh, yeah. Out okay. West. Yeah. Uh, and all the events he was attending mm -hmm. for free. Mm -hmm. uh, the Live PGA Tour thing. You're right. It's been, in, you know, for whatever it is, it's been interesting with golf this year. Yeah. You know? And now this guy, the Canadian, finally wins the Canadian Open. I mean, mm -hmm. and we're only in June. There's still a I lot know. more tournaments coming up. Right. And and really none of it's revolved around Tiger, which is usually the most interesting thing happening in golf, you know, for the most part. Yes. Hasn't been a whole yeah. lot of Tiger uh, talk, but that, yeah, that was cool yesterday. I was, I was glad to see it. All right. Let's do some birthdays. You ready to do some birthdays? Let's do it. Let's do it. Uh, Anne Frank, of course, we know how impactful her her diaries were. Uh, sadly, after after she passed, uh, but born in this day, nineteen twenty nine, just a major major impact in the world. Uh, mm -hmm. Anne Frank made for sure. Um, Pat Summit, who we sadly lost too young too uh, yeah. to Alzheimer's and dementia, but she was, I mean, just unbelievable. Uh, what coach of Tennessee women's basketball, dominant. Uh, born on this day, 1952. Dave Franco, the actor. He's James Franco's brother. Um, he's 38 today. Adriana Lima. Strong. Mm -hmm. Extremely strong. 42 years old today. Drew Holiday, who's had a phenomenal NBA career. Yes. Uh, is 30, only 33. Came out, only played one year at UCLA. So it feels like he's been around forever, but he's only 33. Uh, Jim Neighbors, who played Gomer Pyle, uh, you know, go me, go away, yeah. Uh, Andy, Andy Griffith as well. He was on the. That's where he got started, and then he spun off into Gomer Pyle. Uh, Eamon Walker, who is a really good actor, he is sixty-one today. I'm a big fan. Uh, from Chicago Fire, he's good in everything he's in. That guy, underrated in my Unbreakable, opinion. Unbreakable, uh, Tears of the Sun, where he played with Bruce Willis, is my favorite role for him. Yep. Um, man, you're right. You don't know. Uh, here's another one. You don't know the name, but when you see him on camera, you know, the great face. After, he gets your attention. Presence. He's a presence guy. Yes. Uh, Kendra Wilkinson, who was married to Hank Basket at one point, is 38 today. What, She's what, a weird, what a weird relationship that was. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Not a fan. I, it, it, that, eh, just, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, Rick Hoffman. Uh, who uh, is an actor, is 53 years old today. Vic Damone, yeah. actor, singer from back in the day, was born on this day, 1928. Hideki Matsui, yes. uh, former uh, Yankee, former great Japanese player, 49 today. Earl Watson, Earl Watson, who who uh, was one of Nick Nurse's assistants, Derek, who could potentially come here to the Sixers, a mm. name to keep your eye on here. Uh, he's 44 today, is Earl. Antoine Jameson. Played a yep. long time in the league. 
uh, North Carolina product, 47 years old. Yes. Marv Albert is 82 years old today. Yeah. Um, retired. Still a going strong. Ago. Yeah, he's still, he's still doing his thing. Uh, Timothy Busfield, the actor director is 66 today. He yep. was in a lot of TV shows and, but he was also in field of dreams, uh, was Timothy Busfield. Kerry Kittles, former Villanova great is 49 yep. today. Uh, what a career he had at Villanova had a good NBA career as well. Nets among them. Um, what else? That's all I have. That's all I have for the birthdays. What else do you have? Uh, let's see. You got Mark Henry, uh, the Olympic weightlifter. He was a big time WWE wrestler. Yep. Born on this day in 1971. Chick Corea, the great musician. Yeah. Born on this day in 1941. Uh, country mu uh, musician, uh, Chris Young, was born on this day in 1985. Okay. Um, Brad Delp, the guitarist for Boston, the group Boston, was born on this day in 1951. Mm -hmm. uh, did you say Vic Damone? Vic Damone, yes. Yes. Vic 1928. Damone, okay. Yep. Uh, Jenny Lee Harrison, who plays Cindy Snow on Three's Company. Mm. Was uh, 65 today. Uh, Paula Marshall, who made appearances on The Wonder Years, Seinfeld, Diagnosis, Murder, uh, 59 today. Uh, Dallas Clark. Yeah. Tied really in good tight end. Yeah. Cowboys, man. Drafted first round. Colts. I mean, by the Colts. Yeah, great career. Colts. Mm -hmm. um, is 44 on this day. Okay. Who else I got here? Uh, let's see. Oh, they, uh, David Rockefeller, who was the chief executive for uh, Chase Manhattan, uh, was born on this day in 1915. Okay. And did you mention George H.W. Bush? No, I missed that one. Our 41st president. Okay. Born on this day in 1924. Oh, wow. All right. I, I missed him. All right. Uh, movie, some good ones here. Uh, Indiana Jones, Raiders of the Lost Ark, 1981. Yes. One of my favorites. They're still cracking them out, man. Amazingly, Predator. Freaking yes. love uh, Predator, uh, man. If that's on, I'm in. I, I, it's, uh, I still it. watch it. I watch it every time it's on if I'm flipping around. So, big fan. Jurassic World, uh, the, the 2015 version. Yes. Um, Can't Hardly Wait, 1998. Uh, also, 1998, Dirty Work with uh, Norm MacDonald. Uh, History of the World Part 1, Mel Brooks, 1981. Uh, that's all I have for movies. What else do you have? Uh, Tone says we need to watch the Arnold docu Arnold Schwarzenegger documentary on Netflix. It's remarkable. I've seen it. Oh. I looked at the preview of it. I uh, have not got around to it yet. That's something, you know, you, you always say you put, I got to put it on my summer reading list. You know, I got to put that on my summer documentary. I'll watch it. I'll watch. You know what I watched yeah. last night, which was really good, guys? What's that? It's, it's, it's sad in a lot of ways, but it's a perseverance thing. Um, Michael J. Fox, his documentary uh, on Netflix yeah. called Still. Yeah. That that dude, that, that is one tough hombre, man. I'll tell you, that guy has a has a tough life. He is a he is a he's an inspirational guy. It's it's mm. it's worth the watch. It's well done. But yeah, I, I, I hear you. I hear you with that one. Mm. Um, any other movies? No, that's it. I see we're getting called out because we forgot John Ritchie's birthday is today. Oh, my man, John. I uh, yeah, I, yeah I, we I forgot we forgot John Ritchie. Dank Burrito Dank is calling us out. All right, you know, that's true. That's true. We should have had that one. You got, right. you got us, John. Uh, a dank, I'll give you that. You know, yeah, we'll get John. So John, James, dang, how are you going to be a Philly sports program and, and not know the birthday of one of our best fullbacks? Yeah, <sighs> Although I'm seeing he was born in September, I don't know. Yeah, well, September fourth. Yeah, why are they saying today? Yeah, I don't oh, know. Kevin Turner. 
That's not John Ritchie. John, John Ritchie, September 4th. I just looked it up. Okay, so, they're saying Kevin Kevin Turner's today. I'll see if Kevin Turner is. Uh, but I, it's it's definitely not John Ritchie. Then uh, if we if we did if it is today, then we we mis- sadly mistakenly omitted it. Yeah, he was. He was yeah. the, the late the late right. Kevin Turner. Kevin who was Turner. a very yeah. very nice uh, human being. Uh, he was born on this day in 1969. So rest in peace, Kevin. And uh, and happy birthday and all the best to his family, man. Uh, good guy. Gone way too soon uh, in, a, in a tough way. Uh, I saw this, Derek. You might be interested before we get out of here. I know we're up against it a little bit. But uh, NBC Sports uh, appears to be maybe interested in, in Nam Nakong Su uh, to work uh, in, a, in an NFL analyst role. Apparently, really? he's been on NFL Live this summer and, and has really impressed executives uh, around the networks. So maybe, you know, maybe, maybe that means that he won't be coming back and playing. Maybe he gets that kind of gig for, for nice coin. You know, he, um, he, he wasn't much of a talker when he played. So I'm surprised you, uh, out of all the names, I would never suspect he would have been a name that would pique the interest of networks. But now that you, now that you put it out there, I want to see it. I want to see what he's like. I've not seen him on TV in an analyst roles or, or as a guest role. Mm -hmm. I mean, I can't think of many things I've ever seen him as a guest role talking. Same about football or anything. So yeah, now I'm good for him. To see what it looks like, yeah, good for him. All right, that's it. We're done. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow at the same time. Want to thank uh, Tone, Tone to Shields. Great job, Tone, as always, producing the program. Thank you, everybody in the chat section. We appreciate your participation. Everybody streaming, listening. Thanks. Listen, go to jacobsports.com. You can check out all of our great content. You can link up with the shows. Go to Jacob Sports YouTube channel. You can always go back and watch our shows, our interviews. We had Pat Leonard on today. We had Chris Franklin on today. Check those out in their entirety. Again, tell a friend. Pass the word on. Hit the like button. We do appreciate it. All right, don't go anywhere. You have the National Football Show with Dan Cilio coming up. For Derek Gunn, I am Rob Ellis. Everybody have a great rest of your Monday. We'll see you tomorrow. Same place, same time. Have a good one. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. 